K-dive, dive with sharks, jumped out of planes multiple times, I've snowboarded around the world. I don't just go on holidays and chill by a pool. It's yeah. like, I'm going there for a four-day hike. How can I risk yeah, my life? What's the most dangerous thing here? I want to come back. If I don't think I'm going to die, then it's not a holiday. So like, oh, what, this is safe here? Yeah. Greatest show on earth, baby. Yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Disruption Podcast. Hello. Thank you for joining us. If you're here, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Oh, yeah. What else do they need? Share. Share, man. Leave a comment. Yeah, honestly, the comments are the big part. Yes. Yeah. Or else uh, we're going to start pulling up to your houses and grab your phones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I appreciate y'all, man. It's Nor the Bag Daddy. It's Chief Olusaji in the building, baby. It's your girl, Moezy. It's the Prince. What's happening? We're joined by a guest. This one's been a long time coming. Yeah. Also, I think this might be our first Aussie guy we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Somehow. What, how Aussie are you talking? Because we have Peyton. Oh yes. no, it's not but, well, but he's got the he's got the Scottish roots. Yeah, I mean, he's also got the Scottish roots. Okay. Oh well, that was a horrible start there. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we've got the one and only Danny Grant, yes. Danny Rance. Danny Rance. Welcome. Welcome. How you feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good. A bit hungover from the weekend. But. We heard. <laughs> <laughs> the shirt says it all as well. <laughs> nah, it's good. Good to have you there for sure, man. Um, what, what was happening on your weekend? We've got what happened on ours, yeah. but I'm interested to hear what, what went down for you. I had a wedding down in Jamana, so like a mate of mine got married that I went to high school with. Yeah. And uh, I was the MC, so. <laughs> you were the no. MC? No I wonder. The, I was the mic controller. Well, at what point did you lose ability <laughs> to <MC> control? Well? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, did, okay. I, I was like right at the end I did um you know that little John song that to the window yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally vibe checked as they were leaving I was like see how it runs I, I was legit like when it, when I say to the windows you guys need to say to the walls it was like old people and shit That's amazing. I was like to the windows to the walls these old so, people were vibing with yeah. it as well they're not associate man <laughs> it was always people from Ireland too because my mate married an Irish chick so yeah. and then nice. we did that and then they did like a recovery thing which is like more beers a day after you were saying this before I'm like that doesn't sound like recovery. It's not. It's yeah, just explain, explain that to me. Is that it's like it's like this thing that they do for weddings. Um, I yeah, like so basically, it's come. It's like a new thing. Okay. Like, you have a wedding, and then you wake up hungover, and then you go to another event to drink more beers. Oh. For, so I was gonna say maybe this is an Irish thing. <laughs> it's very old brand for the Irish. For the Irish, yeah. yeah it's just they call it a recovery. But to be fair, like that's when I was growing up, that was super common. So like we would always yeah, go, right. and then on Sundays we would get. Just again, we go home at eight. Um, when you're older, it's not as fun. No, <laughs> I sort of went to be polite, yeah, but that's like, recovery, eh? What do you yeah. get shut down, man? <laughs> at, at this age, you're not getting anything done till Wednesday. No, <laughs> man, literally packed up. That's mad. Cost out for you, man. Yeah. Right. So you were recovering from a wedding the next day. The rest of us, or maybe just Carlos, was recovering from like body pains, man, because we had our first TD and Friends event happen on Saturday. So yeah. this is like a. It's like a staple thing we want to start and launch now where we touch the, you know, we touch the community. No, that sounded crazy. <laughs> but we, <laughs> but we, get, we get involved and we engage with yeah, the community yeah, and we, yeah. we throw different events. So and we actually had, yeah, us. the community touches us too. <laughs> but we had a, a volleyball fundraiser on Saturday, man. So that was dope. Um, we were contributing to Save the Children in like Palestine, Congo, Sudan, all that kind of stuff. 
But people came out mm. and showed up and showed yeah. out and they brought A game like to, oh. to fully try and like compete and yeah. try to take home the dub and stuff like that. So it was a hectic Seriously. day. We had like nearly 150 people, I think oh, it was, that showed out for beach volleyball, man. Like I've never Wait, seen it? anyone yeah. throw it. Yeah. Like it's indoor beach indoor. volleyball. Yeah, oh, okay. indoor beach volleyball, yeah. yeah. Oh, the outdoor would have been, been done. Yeah. <laughs> In that heat, would have been, yeah. been mm. finished. Right? It, just, it worked together perfectly. Like. I don't know, just the vibes of everyone. A lot of people Everything. were just willing to help out. Yeah. yeah. DJ, the barbecues, is just such a wholesome oh, event. Good time. Bro, there was one point, because I was just outside the whole time. I actually didn't go inside at all. Mm. And um, I'm just like chefing up one on. People just started helping me, right? And I was like, I need this, because I, <laughs> I didn't realize how many people were going to be starving. Yeah. And then just in line, people are like, oh, I'm going to pay for the two people behind me. I'm going to pay, pay for the forward. two. And everyone oh, starts nice. doing that. And I was like, it's this beautiful. is great, but you guys are actually confusing me now. So what a time, was, man. That was dope, man. So yeah, this guy, I mean, you, did you win? You won, yeah? No, you didn't. No, no you went to the semifinals. Oh, you didn't no, win. They did yeah, not you win. came third, bro. No, but hey, <laughs> I did my best. Shout out to my team. Right. Uh, but yeah, how many did we raise? Over $4,000. Nearly 4000 yeah. yeah. 4, Charity, man. I'm like the, like the first official event. Official event. I on mean, a whim as well. Look at us trying to big up ourselves and we got like a professional <laughs> event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he, said, he said, that's it. He said, that's <laughs> it? Right. You guys promoted it for how long and only got how many people? <laughs> but, like, but yeah, first like official TD and Friends kind of event. And yeah, that many people showed out. So like, big thank you to everyone. Yes. I think we should start by saying that for sure. Thanks for coming out and showing out. Stay tuned for us to come. And um, yeah, man, that was that was dope. It was a good, good time. time. People asking when is the next one already. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned. We'll see. Uh, we shall run it up, man. But yeah, I've, um, I've personally also recovered from Nigeria's loss oh, uh, last week in the AFCON. I'm good now. Last week's episode, I was honestly in a different headspace. <laughs> like, I was not feeling it at all. I was super hot too. Now we're back in action, man. Uh, yeah, we're gone. good. Have you guys recovered from the influx of just Taylor Swift on the city? Oh, gosh. Oh, Yesterday yeah. was the last day. Yes, yeah. Yesterday for Melbourne, at least. Yesterday Are you a Swiftie? The last day. I'm not a Swiftie. I got tickets though before they oh. went on release. So I, before um, they went on release? Okay. Come on! That's one of these ones. Just a little light. How to get them tickets? Like, let's talk. When you're connected, they have like, so the companies that bring out these guys, this is actually legit. Um, They have like, it's like an industry list, which is probably no surprise to anybody. And you, it's it's called a buy form. So you can apply before they come out and they'll have like a certain section. So effectively, I miss out on nothing because of it, which is sort of unfair. But my wife and my daughters went, I was gonna go, but I bowed because my sister-in-law couldn't get tickets, so I gave her mine. Oh, what so a nice. guy! Oh, yeah. That's what so a sweet. Guy. <laughs> Brownie points. <laughs> this girl that works with my sister, I think her her sister's a photographer, right? And they couldn't get tickets and whatnot, but somehow she got the gig to do some photography work yeah. for the concert. That's big. So she told her daughter, she's like, "Hey, I know. I'm sorry, we couldn't get tickets, whatnot, but I need you to help me out with the job because, like, you can't go anywhere, but help me out with a job, yeah. photography mm-hmm. job this weekend." And then they pulled up to the concert. She's like, don't worry about working. We're at a concert. Yeah, lost their mind, yeah. Yeah. There were so many videos like that on TikTok where it's like people were crying. Proposing. Oh, my days. During, what's it, the 
Romeo, blah, blah. What, love yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. That's love a story, love story, yeah. story. Yeah. People do that. <laughs> you knew that one. Because you imagine everyone's around you like, what? Yeah, you're just trying to propose in that. You're trying to propose. Goodness, People, yeah, people were actually going wild. Like, mm-hmm. I like, feel bad, but I was actually at Blink-182 on Tuesday. Yeah. And um, I was with a mate, and my mate's like, can you get tickets? And I didn't know Blink that I to get. No, for Taylor. Oh, yeah. So I, like, text one of my mates at Premier, which is the company that ran it, and then he hit me. He's like, yeah, yeah I got six. I was like, cool. Oh. I was like, I'll oh, his three, and I just gave him to him cost. And the next day I told someone else and I started getting smashed by people asking me for tickets. Yeah. And then one of the chicks I work with, she started crying. I was like, if I knew that they were so hard to get, I would have tried to help everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just didn't, yeah, I didn't, didn't know. But like, yeah, they reckoned that there was, um, it brought in a billion dollars into the economy. 1.2 yeah, million. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Dollars. yeah. 60% of people that came to the event, and this is direct from the promoters, um, were not from Melbourne. And 97% of all hotels in the city Goodness. were booked out. That's yeah. pretty good cool for the economy. Wait. You know there was what percent? 97% of all the hotels. Goodness. What? what, what? Were booked out. 97% of percent. hotels, bro. Wow. And Airbnb, the whole lot, like the whole thing. The city Goodness. was at capacity. 60% yeah. were not even from I was Melbourne. in Richmond until like wow. maybe 12.30 in the morning last night. And we are just standing outside a venue just chatting, like four of us. And then this influx of just all these colorful people women in sparkly dresses just starts coming oh, through yeah. for like a solid 30 minutes. It doesn't stop. And we're just like, what the heck Bro, is so happening? Oh, man. Far out, man. Well, what, what do we think about that hold that she's got on us, well, man? On the Bro, people? Got like, like, how, how could one person amass such she got like this. glory mm. amongst for, people's I mean, minds for, from your experience why why is that the case i mean i like ask this myself like because i've never seen <laughs> i've never seen anybody that big ever literally like, so she's literally the biggest artist like to give you guys perspective it's like ed sheeran broke the record last time he was here with two mcgs yeah she smacked it by another yeah. and she could have done two more yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah so she's not just like a little bit bigger than everybody else she's like humongously big and i was talking to people and i'm like i don't get it like i actually am not into music really like but i like pop music like i love like justin bieber (laughs) so it's like i'm like anti-pop but i I think she's that's that's how i feel but i think i think from what people are saying to me is like she looks like someone who could just live next door to you yeah like so it's almost like you people feel as though like that could be me i could be her yeah i Um, I could actually see that i can understand why they would say that yeah but i don't know maybe i'm wrong i just don't i don't understand it but good on her awesome Honestly. that's the thing all right so because i i have that feeling where i'm like i don't get it the songwriting is not that impressive the performance is not that impressive but then i can't take away from the fact that's like you can go to a city so far from your home and bring three hundred thousand people out that is like that's not a fluke from all over the world people literally fly all yeah. over the yeah. world there was this um video of like a flight from i think it was brisbane to melbourne and everyone's just singing their songs <laughs> and so, someone was like can you imagine you're trying to fly to your like grandma's funeral or something oh, <laughs> man. Like, just yeah. come on man that's not what i want to hear on the yeah. plane right now man <laughs> no, goodness me man yeah it is it's mad i've i mean i could assume that this is what Michael Jackson and not even. No. I yeah, I don't know. Come on, Michael Jackson, uh, uh, Super Bowl halftime show stood there. People keep for saying like three me, minutes silent. No, no, people just keep saying like, "Oh, Michael Jackson," but it's like, if you, it's like numbers are the statistic. No one yeah. gets close to it. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, she's like once in a lifetime, probably like yeah, once in a lifetime. So yeah, I don't think anyone that can come close anymore. Yeah, so she's yeah. humongous. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. it's even the promoters who run the show. Like, they would basically make no money. Like, that. It's, it just to be able to oh, okay. do that. Right. So the guys who run it in Australia, they probably get. I'm guessing here, but traditionally for like a show, an artist that big, they'll get like ten percent. Yeah. Um, of after costs, so yeah, like yeah. their profit. Yeah. For this, they might get three or less. 
Because she's so big, which is more than the ten percent. <laughs> but they, but she's so big that, yeah. that she doesn't need anybody's help. So yeah. they're going to facilitate. Yeah. But second to that, yeah. Second to that, she's the, that mailing list of three hundred thousand people yeah. is worth probably millions. All right. So it's like I would do it for free just for that mailing list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the network yeah. is is unreal. We we went to Fifty Cent together, me and Carlos, and same. <laughs> yeah, we could have, <laughs> but um, one thing there, I was like, man, it's so crazy seeing this guy. Every city that he went to, they clearly got local printers to print the merch. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I was like, that in itself is like insane. Where I'm like, like forget him. Like, all right, this is a twenty album, all this stuff, blah, blah blah, cool. But it's like the fact that you're talking to all these local suppliers to get merch done just for this show, and then in the next city we're doing this, and I'm like, there's so much cost at every single level. Mm. Yeah. But then also so much money comes into the local into economy when these well, superstars yeah. come around. I was like, man, like, like what does this stuff really cost? And then I was like, oh, you're the good guest to have this week for this. Like something like this, right? An MCG show, three of them. What What is the cost for that? I mean, between security. <laughs> like, I'm pa- I paused there because. Because <laughs> Carlos and I, after like. All these Afrobeats artists and stuff started coming to Melbourne. Like we were driving somewhere. I think we were driving to one of the concerts we were one day. The concert, like, bro. Yeah, we we're on our way to one of the concerts doing media or whatever one day. And we're just sitting in the car talking to each other, like, all right, bro. Clearly this is doable. How much could we like would we need to like have in order to to, to do this? Three, yeah. So we did all the numbers, we're like, all, all right, numbers. we're gonna bring out we're gonna bring out Thames and we're gonna match it with the video. Yeah, like we're doing. Yeah, they were driving, they're like, all right, cool. All we need to borrow is 500,000. Yo, no, I think <laughs> we even said like a million. Well. Yeah, this guy was like, all right, cool. How much would we sell tickets for? So we started doing all our calculations. We're like, oh, this is looking good. I'm like, okay, what now, now, now. Yeah. How many people are in the MCG? Okay. Search it up, 96,000. Yep, 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 yep. We can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> it's just logistically, it seems like a nightmare to, to do something like that. Five minutes. For sure. It's not for them. Because the guys like, so the guy Frontier uh, or Premier or whatever, whoever, there's this one group called Mushroom Group. So yeah. they're, they're running that show. For them, they do this all the time. So like that's, but this is probably like their, I don't know, a hundred show they've done there. So wow. it's like for me, like if I throw together an event, I can literally do it in 15 minutes. So last night there was a show at a venue called Burke Street Courtyard mm. and a friend from mine called me from America and was like, hey, I want to do this show. We're going to sell a thousand tickets, blah, blah, blah. I called a door girl, called the lighting guy, called the venue and I would have been three minutes at each convo and they did a thousand people last night. So it's like when you, say, <laughs> when you do things so often, it's like it becomes like a, it's easy. So yeah. they yeah. would have systems and procedures and there's just like maps and they'd be like, cool, this is sold out and everyone knows what to do. But when it comes to cost, man, like yeah. I, I, MCG, like I can tell you like road labor and shit, MCG is like only the biggest do it. So I oh, don't even course, know, yeah. like it'd be millions upon millions upon millions. Mm. But you go back to like a road labor, like you said, 50 cent or whatever, just to hire that alone is like 250K. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, don't worry about us. <laughs> yeah, hey, Carlos, pack it up. Hey, ca- hey cast it out, cast it out. I actually, I actually looked years ago doing Burner Boy at um, yeah, and at the time it was. They're 70. never gonna let that guy in. Yeah, yeah. I know. wow. Well, this is seventy k USD, and I was talking to a dude from England, and um, yeah. I was trying to work it out with a bunch of different promoters, and we were working what we could do and how we could do it. Yeah. But then we kind of got the warning that even if he could come in, he probably won't come. So yeah. it, it's um the yeah we were basically told that there was like a kind of scam going on at the time where. Um, there's a lot of people who pretend to be their agent. Uh, so if, uh, you, if you give them the money, they'll take it. Stop. Yeah, so, and then there's this thing called escrow. So we sort of went yeah. going down the process. So it's yeah. called escrow where they hold the money yeah. they land. Mm. 
Um, so I went down and looked at that. And then when I went back, so it was like, I don't know, eight, eight months later. It was kind of new COVID. So it must have been 2019, 2018. I went back and they're like, oh, no, no, it's 125K now. That is yeah. bounced up, 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 up. His price keeps going up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be worth a quarter million plus now. Like, yeah. easy. If not, like, insane. I don't think, as sad as it sounds, I don't think he'll ever play here. Yeah. Because he doesn't, doesn't when, I, when we're having the convos with him, he wasn't really that interested in coming to Australia. Yeah, because yeah. wow. he was like, do Promised Land as well. Yeah, they, they and he pulled out, but again, it was just like didn't want to come. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't like he was. Um, there was what well, I don't know. Maybe there was. Maybe I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm talking out of school, but it's like from mine. A lot of um, artists, especially from America, UK, whatever, because they can make so much money in the Trip's UK. Trip's not worth it. Mm. It's not. It's like got to fly 26 hours to come mm. to Australia mm. to get paid. What they get paid there, the dollar shitter. Yeah. Oh stay man, for forgot about because that because our cities aren't busy enough, busy enough to do week to week to week to week. Yeah. So they can go to America and do a show every single night and get paid the on exact a Wednesday. Same amount of money on a Wednesday. Yeah. On a Wednesday, whatever. So yeah. for them to come Jeez. here and do, um, to, to do like a show or a tour, it's just like for them, Not they've got to want to. They've mm. got to want to go. Like, yeah. and a lot of the time, yeah. that's why you see so many R and B and hip hop artists pull out yeah. because I'll get a better offer. Like they'll just be like someone will. Private party or whatever, they'll yeah, just offer the same amount of money and they're like, I don't have to fly to Australia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to go see those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They probably don't even know where Australia is or care. Like, because yeah. we're like a blip on the map, yeah. right? Canberra, yeah. Melbourne, yeah. and that. Yeah, I don't care about us. <laughs> Do you reckon a lot of them lit the narrative that, oh, I wasn't lit into the country run, just instead of saying, oh, I actually don't want to go? Uh, nah, not really. Okay. Like, like most of the time when they bail without an excuse, they'll blame like a promoter or okay. fee yeah. or whatever. They'll start to be difficult on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when they don't get let in because of uh, legal reasons, but that's the thing, man. Like you talk like Hedy one for argument's sake, or yeah. a lot of these guys, especially like in UK drill, they just can't come in. Like, they're yeah. never going to be able to come in uh, because they've impossible. all got knife crimes. Yeah. They've got, and then vice versa, same with America, like little baby and stuff. Like yeah. Australia's too strict. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe ten years, decade, whatever, but. Again, it's likely that they may have a misdemeanor and then they can't come through. So it's wild. They're not coming here on like a concert vibe. They're coming here on like they've they're now fifteen years past their craft and they're doing like TED talks and stuff like that. Like we're not getting concerts. We're getting sit down seminars for it. Oh, it's true though. It's like that's why the only time you ever see them properly and they roll up is when they do those like club shows and it's those guys that are washed ten years after because mm. they now need the money. So now yeah, they're coming yeah. to Australia. <laughs> now it's worth it. Yeah, because we get the nostalgic and we'll pay them fifteen, twenty five k. So they need that coin. Well, when they're massive, they can just earn it everywhere, like in America or UK or anywhere. Yeah. Wow. So, so is that as simple as booking a venue, flying an artist in and just, you, you know what I mean? He's like, getting is, ideas is, is again. That simple? <laughs> no. He's getting <laughs> ideas He's like, we're on labor. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Because uh, is there more of the artists? Because, you know, some artists is just... It speaks for itself. Anyone can just gonna buy a ticket, right? Or is it more of how you sort of do it now, how you market it? What, what's what's like the I, balance here? I actually did a thing on TikTok about this the other day, so um, I'm ready to tell you guys exactly how I put it on there. So right, cool. basically, um, it can't. It starts in levels, right? So when you first start off, you're like a club person. So like mm. when you're um, before you kind of you can can't sell shows. So a club promoter will buy you. And they'll put you in because it might help two, three hundred people on the night, right? Okay. So, oh, yeah, so, um, so if you do seven hundred people at your venue, you yeah. want to do eleven hundred. You buy an artist and they come in, mm. and that's like the lowest level of that, right? Yeah. So that's you traditionally will buy it off an agent, and he will do a tour. So you just you just buy the Melbourne show. Mm. So he'll right. bring them in, and mm. you like kind of buy them off them. Um, then you got the next one where they start doing their uh, own shows, like five minutes, like a J One, or like he mm. did Billboard recently, you know, J One from yeah. UK. Yeah. Yeah. So he he did that recently. So he's like the next level where he's probably too big. For a club show, he's not going to maybe say yes. They sometimes do. They need the cash, but mm. so then the hit for him, he will 
team up with a promoter because he needs that guest list. So you'll find a promotion team or promoter yeah. group that's done a lot of that style of music that has a good database or, or, or like a database of emails or whatnot. Yeah. And then they'll use them as a way to like help them sell tickets. Right. So yeah. they'll support off one another. Then they get to the next level, which is when they get to like that, the forum stadium, like not like low, mm. small stadium mm. level. At that point, they sort of start to cut deals where the promoter gets a portion and they get a promotion portion mm. and it, they still need a little bit of help. Then when you get to stadium level, you effectively, you say, I'm coming yeah. and then someone goes, okay, we'll facilitate it and they fight and yeah. they'll go 10%, 9%, 8%, 6%, 5%, we'll do whatever. So it turns the other way around. So like you're coming no matter what it's selling, you're just finding someone from Australia to mm. facilitate it okay. and then you're, they all, people will fight for that deal and then they'll land it. So oh, it's right. basically that's kind of how it works but when it goes to what you're saying like people always like to me like oh i want to book this artist i want to book them artists it's like it doesn't go that way like if you send from a like a yes. hotmail they're gonna go <laughs> delete yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you need to sort of go report back. this yeah. email block <laughs> yeah. sort of, so you kind of got to build up reputation and then it's like we'll work for a company with a reputation mm. so like you have the email address and you hit it and like they'll look straight away like even me when we've done stuff before like overseas i'll go bang look stalk instagram da, 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 okay, is this credible? Send it to people that I know over in that community and I'll be like, um, do you know who these guys are? Are they legit? Are they not? So it's like effectively everybody reference checks. But mm. the music industry is like not that big. Like it's yeah. in Australia, it's maybe 100 people. Right. In America, it's maybe four or 500 people. Yeah, like it doesn't, it's, it's so common that you'll know someone. Like you'll go yeah. overseas, you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. Or that there's guy only so many probably. managers that can be out there. Yeah. There's just not, yeah. it's just, there's just not that many. Mm. Like that's, and it's, they'll normally they might work with an artist and then another artist blows up and mm. you end up working with that guy again. So it's a very small industry. So it's, you've got to build a reputation within it. Mm. Um, and it's hard when you're first starting off because yeah. when you're first starting off, it's like, well, how am I going to build that reputation? Mm. And that's when you're going to take heaps and heaps of risk because, and then once you get that name out there, you can sort of start to email people randomly and ask if they want to do the MCG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is well, there, is there any artist you've worked with you're like, I'll never work with you again? <laughs> Oh, um, so I don't think you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, "Where's the wires, bro?" You can tell us off camera if you want. So the answer is yes. <laughs> nah, not really. Like, there's because you don't. They, it's kind of fleeting. If that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. got guys that are like um sometimes difficult, mm. but effectively like legit. They will walk in. It's not as fancy as you think. Because I'll be like, "Oh, I met like." Sean King's and Little Bow. Well, I've met this person. I met that person. They're really bad examples. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fun example for 2008. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, um, like, like Kid Leroy, like, we a venue yeah. that I was worked with did, yeah. did something there. And it was, he walked in for, and we saw, I saw him from there. And then he went, performed, and then he went straight back out the door. Oh. And so, like, you don't, yeah. it's not like you're hanging out with him, like, oh, what's going on, bro? Like, not what you show yeah. yeah. So, it's effectively just a business deal. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. half the time they'll come in, you sort of keep giving them the space. Of course. Yeah. They yeah. eat their rider, they do whatever. You walk in, hey, guys, you're going to be ready in five. They come back out, they perform, they leave. So, yeah. you don't really get a chance, as mm. bad as it sounds. Like, when they're bigger, you don't really get a chance to be offended by them. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even when they do festivals, like we do, I was at a festival where they did Snoop Dogg, and I had all artists pay, oh, like eight triple A's. And then it shut the stages down. So you can't go out oh, there. Wow. I actually had one that's funny, Tiny Temper. I don't, he's from back <laughs> Carlos is, that's his go. That's Carlos' right? hero. That's oh. his hero. <laughs> my, my pastor used to be a Tiny Temper. <laughs> <laughs> really? uh, yeah, nah, he was, he was good back then. I met, I met, like I was at this festival and I met um, a guy called Skrillex and then I, I was like a little bit pissed. Uh, yeah? yeah, I was a little bit pissed and he was super nice. I was like, oh, sweet. And then I saw Tiny Temper. I'm like, yo, Tiny. 
I was like, can we get a photo? And the security guard just goes, boom. Oh, fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like, oh, okay. He was like, I'm sober now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, other than that, but it's like, I've had people crack it, like Sean Kingston. That's why I used that example, bad mm. one before. But he, the mic was not working properly. Yeah. So he yeah. did two songs. He's like, I'm not, I'm not oh, doing geez. this. Which is fair enough. Like, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. So, and I didn't crack it. It was just like, that's, it that's, was our that's mistake that. and yeah. we, people cracked it last minute. You were the cost for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like yeah. what happened with Lauren Hill. Lauren, I was going to say that's the Lauren Hill moment. She was performing. She performed the whole time, but you could just tell on her face she's she yelling at someone. That. She was yelling at someone into the mic. Like, what's Look going on? Look at all on? of these ones, man. I'm yeah. like, what's going on? People, I know someone's getting cooked after yeah, that. Right? Yeah. Someone got fired. What's, um, what's the weirdest writer you've ever seen from an artist? Um, like The strangest one I've probably ever seen was, it's more like you always get random weird ones, right? But... I don't feel them. Like, I'm like the worst with not feeling them. So guys I work with would feel them, but I'd always be like, I'm not doing that. So I just message the person and be like, what do they actually want to drink? Because yeah. there'll be all this wild stuff on it. But um, the biggest one I'd say is like, if we deal with like hip hop, R&B, it's always Nando's. So like, they always <laughs> want Nando's. And Love they, that. It's not good for the brand. It's always Nando's. Like, and then, um, so... And then I've seen like a guy who's basically like a late night DJ and we booked him for like 3, 4 a.m. And he asked for a sushi platter on his rider. Oh, I'm like, goodness no gracious. Way this guy wants this. <laughs> so I gave him all the alcohol, but I didn't give him a sushi platter. And when he got there, he's like, where's the sushi platter? Where's my sushi, bro? I was like, it's fucking three o'clock in the morning, man. Like, what do you mean? There's sushi, no sushi to get platter. it. That's hilarious. Oh, that, that's hilarious. I know you were a club owner uh, before. Before we dive into that. I was going to say, yeah, I've got good questions, I, I, but let's yeah, jump yeah, into but, our top I, I, three. I'm like the club okay. owner, but I know yeah. has a segment, so we'll just... I was actually going to say one thing on yeah. that one about the artist. So I saw Kanye West, and he was super difficult oh. on stage. Oh, so no. I, I didn't deal with him, but I heard he was a nightmare. Was a nightmare. Yeah. And he was yelling at his production team, like straight up yelling at them when, on the stage. Look, that I'm was not surprised so by that. This is that on YouTube every day. <laughs> <laughs> True. Every Nobody's second TikTok of the guy. This is your boy. From what we know, I am not surprised by that at all. All right, cool. Cool. Explain the top three, Mom. So our top three is every week we do this segment where I will give you a top three something, 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 and you just literally list it in order. And we've got a leaderboard at the moment, but when we have a guest, it's not really leaderboard. It's just whoever wins. I mean, it still is. The guests are a conglomerate of their own. But it's also if they win, then they win. They're champions yes. for that. All right. So today's I'm top three yeah. is... Use mine. <laughs> are you good? Oh, your pen. Say and then I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So today's top three is going to be something actually in alignment with what you do. And we'll, once again, we'll get into it later. But top three reasons people fight in clubs. <laughs> so top three reasons people fight oh. in clubs or get into brawls. <laughs> yeah, we're all putting the same. <laughs> <laughs> if the first one was the answer, then I don't know. And we're back. All right, so today's top three was top three reasons people fight in clubs. And who wants to kick us off with their answers? I'll go first, man. Why not? Let me just Tell get us, it out there. what you got. What's the not name Not proud of it. Today? Not proud of it. What's my name today? Mm. Couldn't think of a name, but it's just Welcome to Chiefs Lounge. I think that'll be a nice name okay. for an, uh, an, you know, an event space. Nice, nice. Um, but number one, people fight over the gals. You know what I mean? I've done that as number one too. I've done number one. Like, oh, you know, why are you looking at my girl? Why are you dancing with my girl? Why are you touch my that kind of vibe? Okay, but also, why are we like, talking to my man? Yeah, sure. And then the girls are fighting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't yep. think of that, but I'll take it. Number two, like accidentally spilling drinks or like bumping into people. Okay. So like, you know I what I mean? I got that as well. Like accidental <laughs> altercations. 
And then number three, like they're not letting, can't come in. Okay. You know, not, not tonight, boys. Not tonight, boys. Yeah. Oh. Not tonight, boys. Yeah, that's my. Man, not tonight, boys. Swinging yeah. on a security because they told you not tonight is so confident and brave. <laughs> it's stupid. It's not tonight all the way you're to prison now. Be, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to be allowed. Yes. Yeah. So I had I had the same thing. So I had girls and then area beef. Like that's the you know numeric. Mm. So like obviously I know this, but I'd say that one there is ninety eight percent. Um, and normally it's to do with outside stuff. Like when we see fights, I wouldn't. It doesn't traditionally happen in the from the inside. Yep, yep. So like when you're in a local area or whatnot, it'll be like someone has been the ex-partner or someone's sister or whatever. It's like always that connected. Mm-hmm. There was area beef when they hate each other already. So like they just uh-huh. connected and they bash, like fight or whatever. Mm. And then the other one's personal space, which is what you're talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Someone's like, yeah. they kind of warn them, like go away. Yeah. And then they don't. Yeah. And, then and then next thing you know, it's on. Fisticuffs. I think we've got the same list actually. <laughs> Girls. Me and Carl's might as well read yeah. this together. <laughs> together. <laughs> Girls and then beef and then like accidental push or accidents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of vibe. Also named my one after a nice function space. Ooh, room 40. That's room a nice 40. place. Room yeah. 40. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, also bump into me, street beef and then girls. So I think us three Loki got the same. Yeah, so I'm the only outsider here. <laughs> so what was your one again? What's the second one? Ah, uh, like can't, you can't be... Like you can't come in, not tonight, boys. Uh, yeah. So yeah. refuse, refuse entry, pretty much. All right, cool. So we'll go from top five and then we'll make our way up. Let's find so out. So in number five, oh, we... Oh, stats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, we, not, we not do research. Fun, fun, right? No, no, no. We do research <laughs> over here. All right, cool. So in fifth place, we've got ego clashes and display of dominance. Oh. So just egos clashing with each other and huh? people just oh, okay. going at it like but that. That is a big one. Like yes. I have that, but that's a big one. So it's not bump into me? Do you reckon that kind of... Is that is that that? That's ego. I don't we'll see what so. comes out. Right, cool, cool, cool. I don't think so. All right. In number four, we've got just, you know, plain old misunderstanding or com- miscommunication. So it's loud. You're unable to like hear or you misinterpret gestures and stuff like that. So just misunderstanding. Hey, bro, you, you know, look good. What did you, <laughs> you say to me? You did peace sign. They saw this one. <laughs> Not sure. What? <laughs> That's crazy. All right. In number three, we've got intoxication and oh, impaired facts. judgment. That You're just drunk and you're being silly. And I was thinking you are that just too, honestly. But being an absolute menace. Which makes sense. You know, that, that that's, that's yeah. Well, we thought about I, I that, but then we said that's not the reason. <laughs> that's not the reason. Yeah, that's why I was like, I didn't think that. Yeah, yeah I didn't think uh, Okay. Alrighty. Um, two? Yes. So in number two, we've got jealousy and romantic rivalries. Okay. So girls. Girls. The girls, the guys, now you know, why are you touching my partner? Why are you beefing is. with my partner type of vibe? Sure, that's a little beef, number one. And then number one, we've got what you said, personal space. So disputes over like, this is my space, leave, move, you're doing too much type of vibe. So, yeah. Mm, I know so what does that look like for you us? You guys yeah. all have very I'm gonna say similar. Is we all got the exact same list, yeah, us three. You guys yeah. actually so. I'm surprised it doesn't have external beef. In there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah external beef yeah. is a big one. What kind it's of are you looking at? It's probably, no, I know, I know. I was, but if they're doing it as a whole, yeah. I, I wonder how much that, I mean, probably how does still pop off, but maybe like beef. in like, maybe other settings or Everywhere. typical culture. Or maybe that probably, takes you know? place outside more, like outside of the club rather than inside. All of that aside, who the heck is the winner today, man? I know, <laughs> I'm actually see. very. I think, I think we just give it to Danny. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think yeah. so. <laughs> he takes it, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. I would have oh, never man. thought of those three. Damn, <laughs> man. Um, now, Carlos was about to lead into something. Um, mm. Thank you, Mark, for that. Um, he was about to lead into something that I was also interested in as well. I was like, Club. that lifestyle of 
like clubs and events, especially, yeah, and I mean, we're talking about these type of situations that even pop off most of the time in these settings. Like, why would you want to get involved in that space? Like, what leads you to... Me personally? Yeah, I mean, it, okay, you know what? will be cool to hear. You personally. And then also maybe what you've seen other motivations for other people typically kind of getting yeah, involved sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a friend of mine told me this, which is probably the actual reason, but I, this is not the reason. So apparently people with ADHD, and I'm unfortunately one of those people that people think suffer with it, are attracted to loud noises and, and like lights and stuff. So everyone we work with is very eccentric. Like everyone's like relatively crazy and they've all got similar personality traits. So it could be that. Like that's actually what it could be. But for me personally, and it's kind of a wild answer, but when I was younger, I was like working, partying, and then I sort of had finished school and I was doing marketing at mm. Swimbird. Mm. And I was like, man, I fucking love partying. And school is really getting in the way of this. <laughs> <laughs> so then I quit school to party more. And then I was like, fuck, you know what else is getting in the way of this? Work. So then I figured out how to work in the best. So mine was just like, I didn't want to not have fun. So I was mm. like, the idea of like, at the time that was fun for me. And I was like, um, I don't want normal life to get in the way of me having fun. So that was my motivator. Um, and music, because I've always been like massive in music. It's always been like an escape thing for me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I love Specific like, all genre? genres. Uh, I love all, all genres, genres man. Okay. Like, there's not a genre I don't really like. Oh. Um, and I was just into it. And then I, as I got into it more and more, I was so passionate. So I think that it was hard to beat me because I was like, no matter what I did, I was like, you know, I love this. I really believe in this music. I believe in whatever. Yeah. Um, but I would say the other, in my industry, you either work with like muso guys that are like dead set, in love with music. Yeah. And that's like what motivates them. They're getting chills down their like arms every time a song comes on. <laughs> or you get the other guys, just money guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's one or the other. So yeah. I would say, I, I would say these days, to be honest, I reckon there's less there's less music guys right. than there is yeah. money guys. Yeah. And I, yeah. there's one in the middle I should mention. There's probably like ego guys too. Like okay. The guy who wants to be the king of the guest list, yeah. like have a little hooks. Yeah. yeah. Like there's that guy yeah. too that just like is um wants to be the guy. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I guess that they're, they're sort of the three motivators. I'd say. That makes someone want to work in that space. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, I like the fact that it never was the same. So like, I, every time I'd go to work, I'd be like, yeah, I went to the same place. But it was like, man, it's every, a different you night. just see different mm. shit all the time. Mm. Like, I, it's like the opposite of normality. So I think I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you're like, I mean, I'm sure you, you've thought this as well, like that this is crazy or this is dangerous or, or even the conversation around like, crazy things can pop off in, spaces that I create as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is that something that ever causes any apprehension to be like, all right, you know what? Let me put on this event or let me be a part of this or let me own this club or whatever. And it's like, things can go down yeah, like, and it's yeah. like, and it's, it's my place yeah. at the end of the day. Like that never is, is something that kind of so crossed your mind at the yeah. point. I don't know. I feel like I'm attracted to risk. That's <laughs> like, if something's like, it looks like it could be bad. I'm like, mm. I'm probably more likely to want to give it a go to see what happens. Mm. But um, of course, like, it's like you're saying, like I've seen people, I've seen the worst in people. Mm. I've seen the best in people. Mm. So it's like, for me, I guess that's the attraction is like, I've seen people fight each other, bottle each other. I've seen people pull guns. I've seen people stab one another. I've seen people glass one another. Jeez. I've seen people fall from buildings and die. Like it's like, and then on the other spectrum of it, I've, I've got to see people live their dreams and become massive superstars Super and travel around the world. I've got to see people change their lives from living in like shit areas and then going to become millionaires mm. yeah like so it's like i've seen the extremes of both mm. sides so yeah i'm, I'm getting goosey thinking just thinking about <laughs> it yeah yeah but i'm just like for me i like I, I love it i love it so much i love the wildness i love the unpredictableness about it i love the fact that 
sometimes, but like I've never ever thought myself, oh man, this is dangerous for me. That makes sense. Mm. Like, um, but I think you can avoid that stuff because it's like obviously there's like an undertow and underbelly, underworld, but it's pretty easy if you don't want to get hooked up in it. If you want to get hooked up in it, you'll get hooked up in yeah. it. Yeah, if you're looking for that, like, yeah, yeah. You, you'll if find you, that. Like, it's always there. So it's like, if you want to start <laughs> hanging out gangsters and you've got a club and keys to every single room, mm. you're going to hang around gangsters. But it's like, if you don't do that, then you just say hello and you're nice. It's really, really easy yeah. not to. That makes mm. sense. So Is it? Is it like, because my perception is that someone's always going to come and tap you on the show. Someone's eventually going to come and say, I need to clean some money. It's like the movies. I need to clean Through my you. money, yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of go, <laughs> I'd rather not. And then you're Hang like, God, I'd also rather live. So <laughs> fine, all right. You know? No, this sort of, uh, it sounds weird to say, it sounds like a movie, but like, it's good guys and bad guys. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the club world and there's like good, bad guys. Does that make sense? So, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's hard to explain. But this like, is Marvel, man. You to, so you go to the good, bad guys. And if, okay. if you, like, effectively, you want to be protected from the bad guys. Because uh, what you're saying does happen. People do get stood over. Okay. People have to pay money. And more so back in the day, not so much now. Yeah. Like, it's all clean these days. Yeah. But what will happen is, like, in the situations, because I, I definitely don't want to get myself in trouble. Maybe I'm about to. But it's like when I've had those things come close, where it's sort of like we're going to do X, Y, and Z, yeah. and there's nothing you can do. You kind of go find the good bad guys. <laughs> bad, yeah. And and those good bad guys will go. All right, we're going to sort this out. You're going to hire us. You're going to take care of us. And you sort of you kind of put your you let they protect you. Yeah. yeah. And so then unfortunately, sometimes they get shot and they get Jeez. all these bad things happen to them. So. Thank God for good bad guys. But they're, yeah, they're, they're aware of <laughs> the game they're playing. Wow, that's crazy. I know it they're, sounds they're like a big guy. It yeah. sounds like a movie, but there'll be like a guy who's like, they're like willing to do bad things, yeah. but they've got good values. Yeah. Crazy. There was one venue, pop, very popular venue. Um, yeah. And there's a big event happening. I think it was over a thousand people. And I'm in the green room and the owner comes out and she, she, I was a bit surprised. I don't know exactly what venue you're talking about. Yep. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> should I keep going? Huh? Should I keep going? Yeah, keep or should going I stop? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and my instant thought, I was like, this lovely 55 plus year old lady. She's a boss. <laughs> so nice. Genuinely, she was so nice. But my brain was like, okay, so clearly some guys with muscle have said, let's put a woman in charge of this so no one will press the club. Uh, she is the boss. She like, is actually yeah. the boss. Oh, you talking about Martha? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's been like in the scene forever. And she's like, yeah, no, no one fucks with Martha. Yeah. yeah like, oh, wow. So she, she's, gone up against the cops. <laughs> she's gone up against the cops and shit and won. Wow. So she, um, they, they were coming after her in, uh, in Melbourne. And then she basically was like, got him for, she, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like um, defamation of character. And she yeah. won. Yeah. And then so the cops shot a dude in her club. Um, <laughs> have you heard this story? Nope. No. Alright, strap in boys. It's funny because like I live this life, right? So for me this wow. stuff's like I'm talking to my mates, I'm like, oh gee, what happened? Here someone got shot, right, right. It's like, like oh really? Or when we like now that I've sort of put myself out there around the regulars. Yeah. And I'm like just telling these stories and everyone's like, What? And I'm like, okay, maybe my life isn't normal. <laughs> no. Um so it, it starts off with there's these things called saints and sinners parties and they're effectively sex parties. Goodness so gracious. At this venue that night, there was a saints and sinner party, which is a sex party. Okay. And everybody dresses up um, and they have sex with one another, mm. right? Yeah. And it's like a, a like effectively like a um, giant orgy that people yep. consent to. Yep. Um, so there was this guy who dressed up as the Joker and there was a chick that had dressed up as Harley Quinn and they'd gone together. I'm not sure if they're a couple. doesn't really matter. Mm. So they'd gone to this venue... And then, and then Martha, Martha was getting a whole bunch of trouble at the time. So the boss lady, mm -hmm. and one of 
I'd say she's the Melbourne queen of nightclubs. Okay. So she was getting a lot of trouble at the time because she had another club called Cloud Nine and the police were like really like rapidly raiding her venue and whatnot and yeah. still harassing her effectively. Yeah. Um, and she, someone had called the police on this guy because he had a replica gun. Um, and the police didn't call the venue, didn't connect with anybody, didn't do anything. But what they did was they came through with the SWAT team and they burst Jeez. through. And then they shot this dude. This wow. is, you can Google this. Is like, this is, if you're right. What year was this? Oh, man, like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, like if you man. literally Google like wow. Joker shot in Melbourne King Street nightclub, like yeah. it'll come straight up. And there'll be heaps of articles. Yeah. And he didn't die, um, thank God. But Ooh. then she, I think she went to court for that too and like all kinds uh, of stuff. But she, yeah, she, man, she, have, I think I've got crazy stories. She's been doing it for another 20 years on me. So yeah, she's man. got, she'd have wild stories, but... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I get that whole idea of like, oh, there's these big bad guys that kind of stand over us all the time. It's like, that shit is not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure, yeah. Do, do you think we as society need these events and these spaces? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why why do they even exist? Or why why do we have the outlet of clubs and events? Like, yeah, is, what, what do you think that the place for it is in, within our like society and our time? I think people, it's like getting less and less. Like, as you... Well, probably no, but it's like dying off. The clubs are actually becoming like a scarce thing. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, like you go out on a Thursday and there was like 15 venues. With yeah, there are yeah, a bunch of names yeah. that we and don't hear anymore. And like one with 400 in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's not there's not heaps of stuff on anymore. And the reason why is because we're more connected. It's the internet. So we can mm-hmm. talk to one another, like TikTok, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can call you, chat. Like back mm-hmm. when in the day, it was, a, it was a communal space to people to meet each other. Right, right, right. And then take the inhibitions away so they could effectively probably hook up. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, and then... But I think it's people, it's like music for some, but others it's just like an outlet to like let go. But I don't, I think we've been doing it forever, right? We've been dancing in cultural yeah, gatherings mm. and it doesn't matter what community or culture you look back at, they've had some form of catch up with music and <laughs> and dance. Like it's like, there's not a, there's not a race in the world that hasn't done that. Some kind of, yeah. So I think it's just, it's, it's in us. Like we're born with it and we just can't, Help it. Do I was gonna say there were probably like massive like bonfire, like village bonfires back in there. And then there's like the one guy that's getting everyone like round up. That's the promoter almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting everyone to come around, like, oh, it's gonna go off on Friday night at, you know, five yeah, o'clock or whatever. You know? I reckon you're right, but there would have been there would have been one guy going, Oh, I'm gonna organise a firewood, you're gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been like now bringing in the artist yeah, and yeah, that someone from another village, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Bro, that's but crazy. They're legit would have been like hundred percent. So I guess even like you look at it like that, like promoters have probably been around forever. But it's even for me, it's like I love bringing people together mm-hmm. and running mm-hmm. parties. So I like watch stuff, and that's why I guess my genre music taste is so like wide. Because I like love watching every single music genre reacts mm. different. They have like a different dance. They 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 woo at a different time. They, mm. they everything's so different. For for me, it's like I love to create those spaces yeah. and then watch them. Yeah, you know, like and it's kind of weird, but I like watch them erupt, and I'm say, this is mad. Mm. Like that's wow. how I am. So, so yeah. So when you're first starting off. What was the trend then and what is the trend now? So in terms of music, demographic, um, and why do you think there's been a change between now and then as well? I'd say when I first started, it was like, obviously it was, funnily enough, it was like old school R&B. Yeah. Um, and it was also to like house music, yeah. but it was predominantly a more Caucasian. And then yeah. we only, the only really, we had, the only multicultural sort of clubs we had were like Asian clubs. Yeah. And I think that was just because it wasn't as multicultural 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And now yeah. the biggest change I would say is that there's like, Again, the internet helps with this too, but there's so many vast types. Like there's like, there's you name it. Like there's Latin nights, Afrobeats nights. Yeah. There's like yeah. there's so there's house nights, fast techno nights. There's like you name a genre on Spotify, mm. there's a night for mm. it to go to watch. Mm. So I would say the difference now is like diversity, but yeah. not in the sense of like 
cultural diversity. I mean, like diversity from every single perspective, yeah. you know, like from music, culture, yeah. people, whatever. Is like that's the difference. Whereas before, it was like you went to a venue. They played the same 100 songs. The next yeah. one, you did the exact same thing. Mm. Same thing, same thing. It was like, it wasn't much different. Mm. The fashion and shit was different. Like, back then, like, I remember when I first started going out, it was like fluoro. Like, everyone was like... Goodness you, you gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness <laughs> gracious. And, like, headbands and stuff like that. And it was like, um, that was... I think they used to call it Metro. Yeah. And we used to wear, like, rosary beads, which is kind of... Sacrifice. Nah, madness. <laughs> <laughs> With the V-neck T-shirts, right? Yeah, we used to have, like, pink, pink V-neck T-shirts yeah. and you could scratch them and they sniff, like, smell them and stuff. <laughs> scratch and, have, like, and sniff shirt. We were tie-dyed flares and, oh, like, um, high Wild. tops. And I used to have, like, a um, it was like a leopard skin thing that I used to wear <laughs> around my head. Like, that was pretty wild. It was fun, but that was, like, super house music. So, again, mm. even then, that was, like, when that happened, it was sort of, like, the, when, like, the LGBT community kind of started to merge with... I guess the straight community in a sense, and that was like house music's boom, and that yeah, was like yeah. when I first started going out, and that was that was sick. Yeah. So it was yeah. like we were going to clubs that used to be gay nights that became non. That was sort of just like <laughs> yeah, nights. Yeah. Became <laughs> everyone nights, and that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And, and that was, I guess, probably the beginning of, of it all, kind of blowing out, blowing out, blowing out. But it's like, yeah, it's it's chopped and changed, but there's just not as many people. There used to be so many more people. Mm. Yeah. How old were you when you started doing events, your own events? Nineteen. Wow. What was your first event oh. called? Fornicated. Goodness, yeah, he's lost. He's lost. It. He's lost it. Fornicated, like past tense. Like it. It's not going to happen. And ripping it. <laughs> and wearing it with pride at that time. Yeah, I had a Origins, movie. like, of that why? Like, I just like the word. <laughs> it's a nice it's sounding word. Bro, yeah. yeah. I actually, I don't know, my head was so long ago. But I was like, I had a mate of mine, he took a photo, and he was like, being like a puppet master. Mm. And then, I like got um, stencil and like spray painted on the photo, and then yeah. I took a photo of it and then like uploaded it online, and that was my flyer. And then um, I just kind of put together a bunch of DJs, and it was at a venue called Circus, which is still there actually, in um, just off Chapel Street. And I did I think like 250 people or something. Yeah. Wow! And I remember because like I come from pretty humble beginnings, so, like my family pretty poor. And I remember I made two and a half grand and I was like, I fucking made it. Like, I'm going to retire <laughs> off this. And somewhere there's a photo of me laying, like literally laying in it. And I was like, oh, this is it. And then I ran out of it and had to run another event. And that's <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me while I'm busy fornicating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that, man, that event got massive though. I, start, I started doing like 1,600 people and shit to wow. those events. Yeah. And that was back then, it was a style called um, Melbourne Bounce, which effectively yeah. was like, it's effectively like sort of offbeat bass drums that are like yeah. 128. Yeah. With uh, rap lyrics over the top, like that was sort of what okay. it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was not gonna lie, it was a very druggy type of music, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the issues that we had there, what are, what are some artists that like blew up spearheaded that genre? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of guys who spearheaded it, aren't the ones who were famous, okay. Uh, like the ones who spearheaded were guys like Stevie Meek, Mike Metro, um, Heath Renata, orchestrated with the OG, Spacey Space. Don't, I don't think anyone will know them, mm -hmm. but the guy who got the biggest from it was a guy called Will Sparks. Okay. And um, Joel Fletcher is another one. Okay. And they travelled the world, still do travel yeah, the world yeah, flat yeah. out. A guy called TJR and another guy called Tonic, but I think he changed his name. But there was a few dudes that were getting like, she still are, off it, massive, yeah. massive fees um, and travelling around the world off the back. They changed now, but it was massive. But yeah, well, it kind of influenced a lot of other styles too. Like um, even like Afrojack, there was lots of yeah. people coming from America legit. And they were like hearing it and then they were taking the influence to America. Jeez. So even, yeah. there was different variations of it, but a lot of yeah. it was like influenced. We were influenced by Dutch House and then Melbourne made it and then and then it went across across the whole world. They were playing it everywhere, but then everyone sort of started to emulate yeah. it. That's the thing with Melbourne, man. Melbourne musically, culturally, like dance, music, it's, that's not the first time that's happened. Like where there's been a genre or a dance has blown up and gone around the world. Like when I say Sydney, maybe once. Whereas in Melbourne, it's happened like, or five times. Mm. Yeah. So Melbourne, like when it comes to um, 
culture, which mm. I guess is what we're known for, right? But like music, dance, all that sort of stuff. It's like we do sometimes influence the world. Best city in the world. Place <laughs> in the world yeah. It's the best city in the world. That's a very interesting yeah. thing, though, in terms of being known for culture. Right? Like, why do you think we struggle so much to capitalize off of that? Because that's such a that's such a rarity to find in a lot of places. Um, at least, yeah, I mean, in Australia. Melbourne's primarily where you can find culture. And it's a hard thing to define as well. Like what, what the heck is culture? Yeah. What do we mean when we yeah. say that? But I think we all gauge and we know what we're thinking, right? So why, yeah, why is it so hard for us to then like turn that culture into something that can continue to be grown or like a commodity that can be consumed by the rest of the world and all that kind of stuff? Like, cause I feel like that's constantly a barrier for everyone in so many different spaces, whether it be events or music or creative arts or podcasting, whatever. We can't take what is so good about here and say, yo, rest of the world, tap into this I'd as well. This, yeah, yeah like, well, what, I'm just to everyone as well, but like, yeah, why, why do we think so it's so I'll, hard? I would say that um, I've been around long enough to know that that doesn't happen. Sometimes we just we get flown on a platform and we get accepted for who we are mm. and it blows up. So I've seen it happen multiple times, mm. um, almost like a heartbeat in a sense, like it just sort of goes in and out. So I would say uh, you guys are a little bit younger than me, but like you'll see it. Yeah, like you'll see someone blow up from here um, in your in the next 10 years right. in, in every sort of type of genre because melbourne is because it's cold i think it forces us to be like more creative mm. um and i always say about melbourne like don't worry, i love melbourne i'm melbourne through and through but i'm always like when i talk to people i'm always like shit place to visit sick place to live yeah like, <laughs> yeah like, to live here it's facts we all say that too yeah, man literally like, but to visit like what are you gonna look at like, <laughs> it's just unaware if you just visit here it's like it doesn't look like there's much to do if you go to like the cbd like what are you gonna, it's like oh yeah mad concentrate like this is boring it's like there's there's so many different streets that are mad i like, can go to visit these little clubs bars yeah. whatever yeah. you got to live here to know what's good 100%. and even food like i have like cousins and stuff come down from like brisbane and then my aunt's like where'd you take them i'm like dandy you want to take them to where, where the good the good eats are yeah. the foods, but it's like we that's I think like, it's impossible for people to understand unless they live here. And mm-hmm. I know that like people are sick about hearing us say it all the time. It's like uh, we're the best city in the in the world in the world probably. And um, it's hard to believe, but until you live here, you, 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 know, you start to catch yeah. it. I mean, it's true though. Like you come here and visit, you're not you're not gonna go to Dandy, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even. <laughs> on you, you go on what's on, or you go on we visit Melbourne, in. visit vi- like these places aren't you know what I mean? Like, no one talks about the yeah. daddy, no one got this thing. Your sis don't go, Roxborough Park, don't go to these like, no one's going epic, that's the good places to go, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's like you when you take someone to Dandy, it's not like you're like, oh, look, this is a it's a sick looking place, yeah. yeah it's like you take them to Gandhi, Dandy because you want to get Afghan, yeah, <laughs> and then they're eating, they're like, oh, I get it, I get it, yeah. and it's like. You got to go to the worst areas. You want the best food. Yeah. So it's like that's the thing. It's it's hard to explain because in Melbourne, like we're not going to Sydney Harbour or St Kilda Beach or mm. whatever. It's like we literally are going to these places because food is so important to us. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to music too, it's the same. Like music is so important to us, like Melbournians especially. Yeah. Culture, full stop. It's like you get, it's can't be denied. Yeah, nice. I, I gotta ask this. So when a young person goes clubbing, and the security guard says not tonight. Is this normally a decision that comes from higher ups? And if so, why why is that the case? Um, good question. It's does it come from higher up? I would say it de- there's actually like a little bit of a science to it to an extent. So when it comes to like males and females, people are always like, What why? Mm. Right? So the reason why is that there's too many males in there, they fight, people fight. Right. So it's like if there's if there's if effectively like the ratio is like sixty to seventy percent girls, I can guarantee you're not gonna have an issue. <laughs> so from a, from a, it's not like we sit True. there and go to security, like sit down and go, 
Make sure there's seventy percent of girls. Like, that, that <laughs> and they're out there doing maths. We're not quiet. Like we're like, don't worry about the ratio. But it's just like you have more trouble. And so that, this is another thing that's kind of weird, right? The less people you have in a venue, the more trouble you are likely to get. So if you if you normally do seven hundred mm. and you have a night with three hundred, you'll have way more drama than if you have seven hundred people. Everyone's mm. bored. I don't. I think there's just I don't know. There's more opportunity to make like yeah. they're not engaged, right? Mm. So that's where that comes from. Okay. Um, the other stuff is probably predispositions. It's mm. like they're sort of sitting there, um, and there's probably like there's no denying that like, the guards there, and that it's decided. You know, we might have had trouble with, especially when you talk about races and stuff like that. It's from a guard perspective. Like a venue would never sit there and say, "Hey, we're not yeah. doing this," you yeah. know, like, because that's not they. It's super bad news. Yeah. yeah. But from a perspective from um, security guards, you're kind of like aware. If someone's done something wrong in the past, you'll kind of wear that predisposition from them. Mm. That makes sense. So, and it's it's bad, but it's funny because like, like on the doors, especially in Melbourne, they're all Samoans, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they they knock back Samoans, like they're mm. like so they effectively they're the ones who have to deal, and they're the gatekeepers. So when yeah. they look at it, they're they're trying to like mitigate risk, right or wrong. That's traditionally it's the person who's standing there who makes that decision. Yeah. Yeah. But in saying that, I, like, I've walked into, I remember one time trying to go to a karaoke bar and they're like, you can't come in. I'm like, why? Like, you're not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, thanks for being honest. <laughs> At that point, because then you know it's not worth fighting. I can't yeah. change it. Yeah, nothing can change right now. <laughs> so I guess, I guess in saying that, there must be like at some level, like maybe I'm talking on my own behalf, but like, mm. again, like if I was to try to go to like D1 and on, on this um, Friday yeah. with a bunch of my Aussie mates, they're probably not going to let me in. Yeah? And so yeah. I guess at some level, maybe the promoter's saying it, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Or maybe just don't, they don't think you fit into that, whatever that night One of the spaces. Whatever, I don't know. It's a very complicated question. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I hope I answered it okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can imagine there's a lot of moving pieces to it, different places just have different... I mean, there's, like, there's so many things that like impact it. Like you got like media. You, as yeah. I said, you've got um, yeah, past yeah. incidents. you got yeah. whatever. So it's like there's, it's, there's so many outlying factors that, that kind of relate, relate to that issue and change. And like you see it change. Like it's never the same. Yeah, like so... You'll see things that were five years ago where people like you can't have neck tattoos. Mm. Now no one gives a shit, yeah? and so you can wow. walk in with a neck tattoo and no one cares. In Melbourne, especially, yeah. but other states it's the same. But it's like if you've got tattoos on your fingers in Queensland, they won't let you in <laughs> because they used to have bikies there. So therefore, everyone uh. with tattoos is a bikie. Yeah, and so yeah. it's a predisposition because someone stuffed up, and now there's security guards. It's not the venue saying no. The security guards are just like we're not taking that risk. So like, that's yeah, how they look at it. But Melbourne. Um, it, I say it changed rapidly, like face tats. Like that was another big one that like you could not get in anywhere. And now wow. it's like there's some venues that, that it's cool to have face tats now. So mm. like they're allowing people to come in. You know, like so I guess from a security perspective, they're sort of like making the decision on the spot from predispositions that could have been from when that was zero to last week. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah. yeah. When it comes yeah. to events like, especially like when people get shot up and die, right? Like I'm thinking Love Machine when that happened. Oh, yeah, right. Um, what happens to those nights? Is it wraps for them from then? Is it like, yo, the Saturday night event, it's like that, like no one's willing to go there anymore because everyone's scared or yeah. like, do they just have to fully rebrand? That was, that was a tough one. So I knew both the boys that owned it. So um, I won't say the name, but mm. the guys that owned it yeah. and the guys who were running it. Mm. And um, that one was a really interesting situation because what happened was um, awful, but no one knew why. And because no one, because it was, it was relatively like, blatant and, and there was I, I don't want to go too far into it but it was confusing because everyone was sort of like well, why did this happen and traditionally when something like that happens it'll be like there's a security war or there's mm. like a gang war or there's something like that's you kind of know about beforehand where you're mm. like 
okay, well, that happened because of X or mm. this person's connected to this or whatever. That one was like just out of nowhere. So everyone was sort of like, what the hell? And to be honest, the industry was like pointing fingers at everybody. So yeah. like, this person's responsible. This person didn't pay this debt. This person didn't do this, whatever. But so from a uh, customer's perspective, obviously nobody wanted to go because they were petrified. Mm. Um, so And then even the promoters, they left because they didn't want to, I guess they were probably maybe scared, but I think at the same time they didn't want to be associated to yeah. what had happened because it was so horrible. Um, and then it sort of fell over. And they eventually did get it back going again over time. But even me, man, like I remember, because I stand out the front, like I, m- most of my work's been done on King Street, which is obviously a famous nightclubbing district in Melbourne. But I remember when that happened, I was like, fuck this. Yeah, like I, I was standing out the front because I was like, what happened? Why? My, is our club going to get shot up? So I was like sitting in the office, not outside, and like everyone was scared. So it wasn't just like uh, just the punters walking around. Like everybody got affected by that. So like punters' numbers were down. Um, promoters were like not wanting to stand outside. Security guards wanted more money. Like that was yeah. a really, really scary and interesting time. And then time just heals. Yeah, like yeah. seven weeks' yeah. time, they shut it down and everyone just sort of like and forgets. And just, of, yeah. yeah, it goes back to normal yeah. again. Yeah, like obviously everyone remembers it, but it was like it's – Time forgets, but it does definitely shut down venues. Like when something like that happens, like be it a, a, a serious stabbing or a shooting or whatever, it hundred percent affects it and can completely shut places down. What and hap- I've seen it multiple times. What happens behind the scenes? Like, what do you guys normally do to try to recover for something like that, or is it just more of like let's just shut it down and let's come back to it? Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. If, <laughs> I, if that was if I had that happen to me, yeah. I would keep it secret. So we had we had an incident where a guy mm-hmm. pulled a gun onto security, um, and we just kept it. Hush, hush, yeah, because like I don't, we don't want people to know that happened because yeah. then they're going to be like, well, I don't want to go. Mm. So if I was to have an incident that like leaked out to the paper where it was bad like that, I would shut my venue down for like eight weeks to nine weeks, let the, let it cool down, and then just sort of restart again with a new name, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real, for real, I would, yeah. Damn, and that's yeah. why I'm surprised I was going Same to location this. though same. I mean You see this Rebrands constantly yeah, They all do that Our friends have literally done that I'm like This is the same place bro <laughs> And you're still the owner no, you know, It's just a different name you know, It was one of them I went one week The next week They rebranded Carl goes Oh you should go It's really good I was like I swear it's the exact same place <laughs> Same place Different names Madness, man. The owner still Same office so crazy, I was going to say, would you then communicate with other club owners, though, to be like, hey, this is what happened. Look out for these type of people. Just like, do you guys have that type of culture amongst we yourselves? Do, yeah, we all, we're all friends. We all know each other. Mm. But it's like, again, um, we all kind of, it's almost like Chinese whispers. Like we know. So there was like stuff happened years ago where the security guys were getting shot pretty regularly, but wow. no one was dying. Um, and they were there, whoever the group was using it, they were using... Um, like pipe guns, so it's like it was effectively like they were like shotgun palleting. Yeah, right. it wasn't like that's super, mad. But it was still drive-by sort of style yeah. stuff. And as that happened, I know this is crazy, but everyone wasn't really that scared because everyone kind of knew what was going on. Uh, okay, so yeah. it was sort of like, oh, what, what's happening here? And then everyone kind of knew. So everyone's like, okay, we'll just avoid that place and these, this place, this place, because it's likely to happen there. Mm. Um, because there's this is going on, and then eventually you kind of hear, hey, this has been sorted out. Um, they've met and done whatever they have to do, mm. and then you're like, "Oh, everything's sweet." Yeah, and so it's like traditionally, I know it sounds wild, yeah. but we know yeah. we know what's sort of happening, yeah. and so like, and that's why it's why I guess we're not involved in it. So yeah. I call what we do the grey zone. So it's like you kind of like sitting in this grey zone where it's like you're not on the good side or the bad side. Mm. We're in the mm. middle, and then you kind of you, you just kind of trust the word on the street. Like yeah. I know it's like a cringe thing to say, but it's like the words on the street. Oh, everything's good again. So you just sort of. Start to do it, but business yeah. as usual. Yeah. So you don't own a club anymore. You sold your club. Sold them all. Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Was there a reason for why? Was there like, ah, oh, let's move on from 
Owning a club or Nah like it was just I just could see it was going to fall over So like prior to COVID Festivals were really starting to affect clubs Right So it was getting harder and harder to make money and then the government kept putting in like more and more like excises and taxes and alcohol and security and you have to do this and this and that. And I was like, this is getting harder and harder to make money. Yeah. And the risk is super high. But the actual real reason was after COVID and everything went like boom, like bananas. Mm. And I was like, this is never going to get any better than this. Uh-huh. So I was like, this is the time to sell because it was I've never seen anything like it. And, I'm like, and I reckon it's going to fall backwards. And mm. that's why I got out because I was like, I think this is the highest of high. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got out at that point and... Then it fell dramatically down. So it went from being like 100% down to 25% in like three oh, months. Geez. But it was just good timing. Like, not, I'm not a genius. Yeah. So it's sort of <laughs> yeah. feel. And then I used that to start up an alcohol company. So now I sell, I make alcohol to sell to my friends. Has the club gone by the way he's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is the, like, it's crazy. Like, with all these club stories, like, I genuinely forgot that that's the other side of mm. what you really mm. do now. Right, yeah, businessman yeah. now. Drinks and all that kind of stuff. Genius move. Thank you. It's a very, very smart move, yeah. especially with wet pussy. I'm like, it's so free and smart. <laughs> you yeah. see how his, mum, his mouth had to, <laughs> his mouth mumbled just to say. Mumbled the word. <laughs> had to give everyone the most uncomfortable yeah, name yeah. to <laughs> say. Well, that's your, yeah, yeah. So I, I it's funny because I, because I've got kids, I call it WP shots. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's fun, there was one when I'm like, when I was going off at the start and um, my daughter like had said it once and I was like, oh Jesus. This so I actually is not had cool. to go tell her teacher, I was like, hey, I, this is weird, uh, but have you heard of uh, wet pussy shots? And she's like, yeah, of course. The have it every weekend. Like, okay, so if you hear my daughter say that, I own that brand. And she's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I never came out of school or not, but she was like, she sometimes mentioned I'm like, so I never say the word in my house, but um, but I've been saying it for 20 years, man. I literally bought my house on wet pussy shots beforehand. Yeah. We'll yeah. pre-batching them in clubs, yeah. And like, yeah. And that's where we come up with that idea. We're like, well, you know, we're making these and selling them. Well, mm. we'd, sell the, we'd sell hundreds of them a night. So then it kind of made sense to pre-bottle them and then resell them back to our friends with a better brand. Yeah. Such a smart mm. idea. Very. It wasn't, I can't take cre- for credit for it completely. So my business partner was the one who kind of, this guy called Jess Conti, he's like an older dude. And he'd been working in clubs for like another 10 years on me or 15 mm. years on me. And he was the one who was like, I reckon if we can make this and do this, what do you reckon? But what he needed was me to be able to like, do the brand because yeah, I did yeah, the brand with a guy called Butters, yeah. and he's like he needed um me to be able to drive the vehicle. So he had the concept, but he needed someone to like yeah. sell it to the world. So the promoter. I was the, <laughs> I was the Bill Gates of wet pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've used that one before. <laughs> I actually haven't. Nah. <laughs> As I was thinking about it, like standing on the stage, <laughs> this is the new. Um, oh man, I'm interested then now, right? So you've how many? You got more than one, like couple kids or ah uh, two. two. So you got two kids, yeah, right? So. Lovely wife and previously club owner, promoter, all that kind of stuff. Now, now um, alcohol um, owner and amongst other things, right? Do you have any kind of like, not fears, but like, do you, do you want them to, like not them, but like you're maybe, let's say your children, do you want them to be involved in this type of a lifestyle as well? Or like, like what comes to mind in terms of, I don't think you, I would say like you're leaving a bad example for them or anything like that. Like you're showing business moves and that can be applied in any kind of area. Like they, they can see like my dad is a go-getter wow. and he's been able to make a name for himself and a living for us through these th- kind of things. Like, do you have any fears in terms of where they might end up trying to like go into? Like, would you want them to be involved in, in these type of spaces as well or anything like that? Um, it's kind of, a, I guess, a weird question because I've never really thought about it too much. But at the same time, it's like, I think of clubs differently than you do. Yeah. Sense. So for me, I like, 
If I was going to have my daughter party, I'd rather have a party at a club than at some random's house. Yeah, yeah. Because house. there's cameras, there's security, yeah. there's RSA officers. There's walls and security, And yeah. the biggest thing is that I know all the owners. Mm. <laughs> so, so I could be like, what's she up to? Yeah. Um, but Make sure they, she's not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> but so for me, it's yeah. like, even schoolies, dude. Like, we, I've done schoolies for 15 years. And everyone's yeah. like, would you send your daughter? I'm like, yeah, it's chill. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's super, super calm. Like, it's like, the, the idea is always... More hectic than the actual reality. Oh, cool. um, would I want them running nightclubs? Um, probably not. Like they're relatively, they can be seedy for sure. Mm. Um, but would I mind them going to nightclubs? No. Um, would I love them to work in music? Hundred percent, man. There's nothing That's the more. Dream, huh? yeah. yeah, like if they're going to work in music or music management or so, I do a lot of that stuff too. Mm. It's like they're the best memories of my whole entire life. Mm. Like you couldn't. I'd do it for free. Mm. I'd do it again. Like wow. there's nothing that would ever stop me doing music. So. And then even now, like I run a festival, actually not far from where we are now. And last year, my daughters met Amy Shark, which I don't know if you guys know who that is. Oh, She's like sure. one of the biggest pop stars in Australia. Right, right, right. So they got to meet her, and then they were sitting on side of stage watching her. Lost their minds, people. yeah. I'm like, this is a life I've created for my children. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, well. And uh, this is this is their normality. But I'm mm. like, for them to go and to do working like that, I would I would be I would be so yeah. happy because it's given me so much happiness. Yeah. Mm. For them to be working King Street till five a.m. like I did, nah. <laughs> 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 I don't want to do that, but you yeah. think. We'll see how it goes at the same yeah. time. I just want to see them like prosper and be of course. girl bosses. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And some of the girls in my industry that we work with, dude, they're so powerful. Mm. And, like we got these girls who work with called Chaos Dancers and they're just hardcore hustlers. And I'm like, my, they literally dancers at a club. And then you'd probably look at it and go, I don't want my, my daughters doing that. But mm. I see the other spectrum of them. It's like these girls are hardcore hustlers. They don't, mm. they don't take, put up with any shit. They're like strong, independent women. My daughters turned out like them, I'd be fucking stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the weird, right? But I just, I just think that I've got a different perspective than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. definitely. Yeah, sure. that's true. Now they say whenever I've seen them, they just come in and they go as soon as they work. They just bosses those girls, yeah. bro. And then it's like I've, I've literally sat in meetings before with like high-profile club guys, and they're fighting over fees. <laughs> and like Sophie's like, just straight up not listening to what they're saying, and then the guys like, ah, oh, whatever. And I was like, I'm right. I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> so it's so awkward. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What's going on? Can like, someone keep passing me the song? Why would I pay you? Like a dopey shot? And then, then she gets it across the line because she's stubborn and she's wow. like, she's a girl boss. Yeah, and like, so I rate that too. But you see that in our industry and that, that's cool to see. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, seeing your TikTok, you post a lot of like story times, a lot of videos, and you share quite a bit actually about yeah. your life and all of that. How'd you get into that? And why did you decide, let me start sharing with mm. random people on TikTok? Um, I've, I feel like multiple reasons. The club stuff was sort of like by uh, default, but mm. like the actual personal stuff, I feel yeah. like I'm an open book and like I've had a pretty like rough beginning to my life. Mm. Um, and I sort of like had drug addict parents and I sort of grew up in a really kind of bad home and whatnot. And I reckon when I was about 30 is when I decided, I was like, I'm not going to keep that secret anymore. I had mm. mental health problems and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, because, you know, I've got through it now. And I, the way I look at it is like, it's worthless if I don't, it's worthless yeah. me going through all that shit. Yeah, man. If I'm not going to talk about it to help yeah, others. So, yeah. so if I'm like living the way I lived and I, there's some kid that's watching me now going, dude, like, you know, life's tough. Like, I hate my, where I live. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm whatever. And you just hit him and with the keep it pushing. Me, they can hear <laughs> me talk and, yeah. I, and I say this stuff. Like, you know, I, I had that too. Like, I yeah. had those doubts. I did whatever. And then it's like, for me, it's like, well, now all those bad things that happened to me are now worth it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, that's how I honestly feel. Um, so that's why I've started to share, but the club stuff was my idea. So there's a girl that works for me mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm always just like rambling as I am right now. <laughs> 
And I'm just always like, oh, yeah, this story, this story, this story. And she's like, man, you, like, you got to share these stories. Yeah. And I'm like, does anyone care? They're very entertaining, yeah. They're yeah. very entertaining. And then she was like, just do five days. Her name's Chrissy. Shout out to Chrissy. And she's like, just do five days just talking to the camera. Mm. And I'm like, all right. So I did three. And on the fourth day, I did like 450,000 views. And I was like, wow. what the hell? <laughs> and then now I go to them. So it's so weird because I like vibe check. I'm like, what's interesting? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll like tell me, they're like, okay, well, this will be interesting. I'm like, is that interesting? They're like, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, what, what do you find on the floor after clubs? I'm like, oh, I'll do a video on that. That, that I was yeah. literally just saying the cleanest story where he picked up the pingers and oh, had yeah. them while he was cleaning. He's that is such it. a good story. Yeah, oh, man, I've got so many of them. But like, everyone, like, people keep saying to me, like, you're going to run out of stories? I'm like, no. No. After 20 years, like, you, there's, you, yeah. it happens every weekend. Mm. Well, what's your favorite story? I don't, I've got that's, too many. I was going to ask a hard favorite? question. <laughs> My favorite story is probably the one where I went to New Zealand, which I shared. And it's not favorite. It's just so wild. Yeah. Mm. Like when I was in the, the club and the, um, the two bikey gangs like clashed and I got stuck in the club. Jeez. And then I was responsible for it because I was running the gig as the promoter. And then the cops were like, this is your gig. You got to shut it down. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, yeah, well, two I, had, bikey gangs. I literally yeah. had to go walk down and talk to like the bosses of the bike. And it was like, <laughs> can you please leave normally? And it was like, it was a wild situation, but I won't spread into it. But that's one of my favorite. Cause it's just like, it doesn't sound real. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's other like adaptions to that, but I, oh, there's so many, man. And I was like, I always, I'll sit with my club guys and we just like go back and forth, tell stories, which is what you're seeing now on TikTok. Mm. And I'm like, Let's laugh, but the pinger one was pretty funny. Yeah. The guy it was so funny when he was off his nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny, I didn't say yeah. take it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, it, I didn't hear that. But I like what you're saying about um, just wanting back a little bit in terms of like all the things that you've been through. It makes it worth it when you're able to, yeah, like being able to share it to someone else because now it either encourages them that they're not alone through it or yeah. that there is an out. And, and um, like a positive outcome from all these kind of things. Cause like yesterday, and it kind of really inspired me as well. Yesterday we were in church and then these guys came up and they're talking about like this like recovery. Um, rehab program. Re yeah, rehab program that they've been through and all that kind of stuff. Like one guy's like, yeah, I had a horrible relationship with my parents kind of stuff. My horrible relationship with my wife, whatever. My kids were this, my kids were that. I had depression, and like all these things. And I'm like, and here I am now, 24 months later, 12 months later, being able to talk in front of like all you guys sharing my story and whatnot. It's like the, the automatic response is to pretty much just give that back into, yeah, literally the next person or the next group of people because you as someone that's been through something wouldn't want to see anyone go through it. And then you're right, like having gone through all that, like what, what, what would it, what's the point if you actually can't bring anything good out of it or like, yeah, yeah it, transform another life through it and but stuff like that. You keep it secret. I feel like that's half the issue, right? Yeah. It's like back when I was younger, it's like having anxiety or like you're talking about, I went to a mental hospital. Yep. Again, which I talk about on TikTok, but there's um, oh, I'm like people are like, oh man, I can't believe you talked about that. But it's like I did, and so did heaps of other people. Yeah, and I'm sweet, yeah, and so it's yeah, like, yeah. why would I not talk about that? Like, mm. especially for men, dude, keeping stuff secret is just like it's the number one problem. Like suicide is what is the worst thing for us. It's like we, the more we talk, the more we hug, the more we be human as men. Yeah, like the better we're gonna progress and defeat. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I don't know the whole. I just feel like whole keeping secrets or telling lies or doing all of that sort of stuff just isn't doing any yeah. good for humanity. That's my mm. opinion. So that's why I'm so open. Like I'm a full open book. I was going to say, what was that beginning moment? I think you mentioned like early thirties kind of thing. Like what, yeah. what was, was there any kind of moment that's like, yo, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I got the black dog. So I was like, would you know, you guys know what that term is? Black dog. Okay. I know black dog Institute. No, well, so is black it related? Like what? It's like a term for depression. Right. 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 Uh, oh, black, yeah. That's why the black dog yeah. Institute. Yeah. So I um, basically had a night out 
And then I woke up and I was just felt miserable like you do sometimes after like a big night mm. and then it didn't go away for three months. And mm. I was like, I, every day I wake up and I was like, this is horrible. And mm. it was, don't know, obviously it was a chemical imbalance or something. And then I sort of was like, at that point where I'm like, you know, I don't, is there going to be an end to this? Like, mm. And I sort of did all the right things. I went yeah. to go psychologist and did whatever. And then one day I popped out of it and I was like, oh my God. And I went through all this, this process. And one of the things I was, I think I used to hide um, my effectively trauma in a sense through success. So I was like, right. oh, you know, if I'm the best and I'm killing it, I'm doing this and I'm buying a million dollar house and I'm doing all this shit, you know, like I'm better than my past. I don't have to think yeah. about it. Right, right. And what I realized when I was 30, and like I think that's why I got in a situation where I had depression, was that I got that, like, okay, cool, I've got, I've got the good car, I've got the shiny the family, I've got the, the big house, I've got all that stuff and I'm still miserable. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, so then I had to like figure out, figure backwards, like, okay, what actually makes me happy? And it's like, People I love, being surrounded by family and friends, mm. doing things that I enjoy, mm. and then everything changed and shifted. And so from then I wasn't like, I'm not doing things for cash anymore, I'm doing things for life. Mm. And I'm doing things for happiness and I'm doing things for others that I love. Mm. So I, when I reflected that, that's when I, I actually started doing a lot of youth stuff. Like I was doing, right. working not far from here with a group where we would spend every Wednesday and we do like school camps and stuff with young kids. Like they were sort of um, kids that are, I guess were from broken homes like me. Yeah. I did that pre-COVID. And then I worked at a school called St. Joseph's in the music program. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these kids were sort of court ordered there. So they were either like from prison or just like potentially going On the to way, prison. Yeah, yeah. And um, I did heaps of that and I want to do that too now. But I guess now I've kind of got a platform I can talk about yeah. it. Mm. So I'm sort of maybe hopefully having a big impact because like, mm. I don't have the time, unfortunately. But mm. when I do break it again, which hopefully I do, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I just want to give back. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the crazy part about like having resources or having platform. a name, a platform. It's like, you really can now start to be like, all right, no one else is gonna start this initiative up or, or the people that have the ability and their powers to don't necessarily want to most times. It's like, all right, I really can just do whatever the heck I want. So like in saying like, yeah, I would love to, you know, you'd love to get back into, you know, ha starting up programs or having them within schools and things like that. Like that's what having those resources and access to that, like, that, yeah. allows you to do and stuff like that. I even, um, I, was, I was thinking today, I was like, dude, like Adrian Portelli is, is Mr. Beast of, of Australia. What do you think about it? I was like, that's what these access to these things allow you to be able to do. Like you really can start to like transform lives on a real, real personal, like an important level. And it's like, it's important, it's needed. Like we need the people that have the ability to do so and stuff like that. It would be cool to see, yeah, the, the opportunity to come around like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're busy running the world and, I think <laughs> and it's also too when you get guys like, actually Adrian's actually my business partner, I don't even know. Yeah. But yeah, he's- um, We'll snuck those, that one in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Troy is too. Troy, but like yeah. those, those guys, like they are again, humble beginnings. Yeah. So yeah. you find these dudes that come from money they, they don't share it. Mm. It's like when you get these people who have yeah. these like, not hard luck stories, but they come from nowhere to somewhere. They're the ones that want to give back. Give yeah? back, Because they're yeah. like, oh man, like I want, they remember them being that kid that was like, think, a dreamer yeah? yeah and so it's important to them they're like and that's for me like i know with, with you guys know the rhythm guys you yeah know, and i've worked a lot with like um pacific islander rappers the reason why i do is because i believe that i relate to where how they feel and yeah. i'm just like i want to give them that opportunity like it really fires me up yeah? yeah and so um i guess i'd call myself a bit of a culture vulture in that sense but it's like i just love working in different communities with and cultures because I want to like you like the underdog I, I love the mm. underdog yeah, and, and because I was the underdog and mm. I want them and then I want them to be I want them to have the same story as me it's a weird yeah. thing I want to share it yeah and, like, yeah and I've always mentored people and I've always like had people come up under me and like if I've got the opportunity to share a contact or change yeah. a life like, yeah I want to it's yeah. like not even like 
it's I don't know, it may be something you're born with or whatever, but I'm not like, no, nah, no, nah, they're mine. It's like, yeah. oh, dude, I can connect you with this dude. Yeah. Like, what, we'll do this and this. It's like, if anything, sometimes like I, I feel like I, I struggle to do can, like consulting and stuff because yeah. I don't want to help too much. <laughs> I get emotionally invested. I'm like, okay, you don't have to pay me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they walked over with a massive ledger book of contacts yeah, and, yeah. and they're like, oh, sh- yeah. I'll give my rates. <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't know I can do it because I'm like, generally I want to, Help people because I want to see anybody who's trying to do better for themselves. Mm. Yeah. I want to help them. Mm. If someone doesn't want to do better for themselves, though, mm. on the other side of it, I find it hard to feel sorry for them. <laughs> so I'm not going to say yeah, make out yeah, like yeah. I'm an angel, right? So if I'm watching some guy who's continually going through this thing, he's going to jail, he's doing whatever, I'm like, you're fucking making your own bed, bro. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. and then I was like, yeah, but this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, but I went through the same shit and I got through it. So yeah. what's his excuse? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. so I would say on the spectrum of it is that I'm probably. Really helpful to people who want to be helped, Help. but on the other perspective, I probably lack a little bit of empathy for people who are in that kind of rut that they don't want to get out of. Yeah, so, yeah. um, mm. it goes both ways. Mm. Now, I'm super interested of just like high school life, then as well, man. Like, yeah. like what was that in terms of pre- like present going to school, getting in any situations or anything like that? Were you, I mean, you said you really <laughs> in, in high school, oh, sorry, in uni times, just like yo, uni's getting in the way of me having fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I wonder then what, what was what was what's high school like or that. Time well, you in life. Uni actually before that. Said, I, um, I did um marketing. marketing I was only yeah, there for like yeah. six months, yeah. and then I just wasn't going because I was going to a place called Revolver. Um, <laughs> Revs. <laughs> and then I was like slowly just starting to go less and less. And then Ooh. I went to do the exam, and I'm like, I have no idea what this stuff is. <laughs> so I don't think I've been passed it. I think I might have passed one term. Um, I actually went to school, and then in a place called Broadford, and it was like we we're pretty. It was I shouldn't say it was rough. We were rough. Mm. We were like fighting a lot, and mm. it was like all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was yeah, I'd say. Myself and all my mates, like it, there wasn't a fight that week. It was like it was an unusual week. Yeah, yeah. But we had nothing to do doing tennis, so sometimes we fight each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, serious. And then um, I got expelled because of that. Obviously. Yeah, right. And then I sort of I didn't do much for a while, and then that's how I ended up moving to the city because of that. So it kind of ended up being like the worst thing that could have happened to me at the time. I was like, fuck, you know, like I expelled from school. Yeah. Like at the time, I was smoking some marijuana. Mm. I was like, I'm a drop kick. And then my parents were like, I was just being noxious, getting told by the police, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, like the list goes, I don't want to convict myself and go to jail for stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I was getting worse and worse. And then my parents were like, you got to move. Mm. And then I moved down to an auntie and uncle's at the time. And then I, that's when I really sort of saw normality. And I'm like, oh, what's that? Right, and I was right. like, I, I want that. I want to live like yeah, that. Yeah. And then I went to work and I was like, this is not for me again. And then I was like, what's the easiest option here it's to get back into school? My family found a loophole that could get me back into school, so I went to school in Glenny up the road. Yeah, and then finished at twelve. Still got in a little bit of trouble, um, but more so outside of school. So I was sort of at that time in the city, as you guys know, it was more like it was different. It was like area beef and shit in yeah. the country. Yeah. Don't really have that. Yeah. It's like yeah. you just kind of fight with people in your town. Yeah. Uh, so I got I got heavily involved in that stuff because I guess again just a simple mind, and I was just trying to entertain myself and show off to my mates yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then kind of got myself back in that same sort of rut, like where I was looking at getting, going down the wrong way. Mm. And then I was just like, it got to a point where I was like, fuck this, you know, like, I don't want to live like this because I was having friends go to jail. Or I, was having, mm. I had a couple of friends get stabbed, mm. shit like that. And I was just like, this is not how I want to live my life. You know, like, mm. and even still to this day, man, like a lot of guys I grew up with yeah. either went to jail or they're super successful. It's one yeah. or the other, you know? right. um, And then I met my wife, which I was lucky and she was super normal. Yeah, she, sort of, <laughs> she sort of took me in and told me how to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank Let's you start know. this kid all over again. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, she knows that I'm not like, I I need 
And that's why I guess I'm, I'm always like flying places. I'm doing mm. this. I'm, I live a pretty extreme life. Mm. So come home and that's my normal. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like my cozy blanket. Yeah. And then my wife's sort of like, okay, it's been eight days. You're like walking around the house. Like, Go be free like a dove, you know. And I fly, and I do a couple of laps, I and come that. back home. <laughs> <laughs> Stress the wings and that. <laughs> How old were you when you met your wife? Um, nineteen. Wow, right. Oh. When did you get married? Um, when I was like twenty-seven, I think. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah wow, yeah. Well, years I've been with her forever. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's for me. It's like I call it like in a good way, not a bad way, but like my anchor. You know? yeah. 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 So I'm like a boat that's floating. Aimlessly in the ocean, she just sort of like pulls me back a bit. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, fuck man, I, I reckon I would have done something like either I either would have gone to jail or I would have gone lived in Brazil and like a, done something wild. Like and even now, like sometimes <coughs> that's why she sort of always encourages me to go do something because I start to get like itchy feet. Mm. But if I get bored, I'll be like the most erratic things. I'm like, let's sell a house. Yeah, let's sell a house. Let's start a bar, let's start a bar in Europe. <laughs> Every time we go on holiday somewhere, I'm like, I've looked at the house prices, we're going to move here, I'm going to start up with this. Like, so she kind of like allows me to do it and get the energy out and come back. Is yeah, she, um, was she also involved in the nightlife space and all that? Nah. Not at all. My, it's like full polar opposites. Like my, yeah, my wife, so I grew up like rough, sort of like fighting and whatnot. Yeah. I think my wife ever saw a fight. Yeah. She went to a private school yeah. and she grew up in a good area. Her <laughs> yeah. mum was like a principal and like... Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, so um, we couldn't have been Goodness. more. And it's like even still, so throughout the twenties, we're sort of like that, and then now yeah. we're like it's different. But still, like we even we can't watch the same TV shows. <laughs> we can't. We can't different share Netflix radio, accounts. Like, different Netflix. Everything about us is so different. Yeah. She's like, like you call your drink that. <laughs> yeah. um, but it works. I don't know how. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Though. It's yeah, so, so beautiful that, sort of that yeah, she was with you because when from nineteen to like thirty, those were prime years a lot was going on during that but the fact mm. that she was able to you know stick by you and of course you two as well you guys both stood by each other through it all like it's rare to see that now you know it's rare yeah, to see man, someone real. really stick by you all even through the downs yeah, like the sure. downs downs there were still there because i feel like a lot of people maybe nowadays really uh not we i don't say weaponized but like use those downs mm. as opportunities to to, to, to like dip out yeah, or like I give up cool. on things and it's like you it's really tough to find and and hear about people that are like now that's actually when we got stronger or like mm, mm. that's yeah. when we really understood what this is about kind yeah. of thing like yeah it's that's a rarity now it's just so wild man that, that's very interesting like it makes you think the importance of having a good person a good partner in your life totally it, it, it actually changes your life i got a friend not exactly my friend but like a family friend young young donny you know what <laughs> i mean like 20 and this guy's going the wrong way you know i was a bit worried i was like okay you know let me chat to this guy chat to him no one could stop him he finds a really good girl. All of a sudden, everything changed. changed no. Everything changed. Going gym, just stays at home, hangs out with her. They travel together. I was just like, bro, having a really, <laughs> having a really good person in your life really actually can, can actually save someone yeah. from either going to jail or, or, or from doing this. Totally, dude. Like, and for me, that was definitely the case. Yeah, yeah. like, so without her, it's like, where do I go? Mm. I don't think I could be successful. Like, because I was, I was too erratic and too crazy. Yeah. So, like, and not in like the sense of like. Um, whatever I did was just to the extreme. It yeah. still is, yeah. Like I've done, I've the things I've go, I've cave dives, dive with sharks, I've jumped out of planes multiple times, I've snowboarded around the world. It's Jeez. like it, it, I don't just go on holidays and chill by a pool. It's yeah. like I'm going there for a four day hike. How can I risk my life? What's the most dangerous thing here? I want to come back. <laughs> if I don't think I'm gonna die, then I, it's not a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> So like, oh, what? This is safe. <laughs> sounds, that sounds Love boring. But, um, 
And then so, she, so we have like a rule when we go away. So she's like, you can have one day, <laughs> one day normal, one have day Have a balance. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be the most. One day doing this, one day. One day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Massage. There's, a, there's, a few, there's funny, because sometimes like, there's two times I've taken like hikes. One was like in Vietnam on the border of China. And then um, another one was through Vanuatu. And then both times I like convinced her to come with me, like on my adventure. And I remember it was like a, not even half an hour in. And I'm like, what do you think? She's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, every, like, would not talk to me. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Even now, I'm like, it was fun though. She won't admit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Nah, she had a good time. She had a good time. Oh, she's not to say it. Yeah. How are you balancing everything like that then now? Even with, um, like, because business, like business is booming as well. And it's it's very, very busy. And you have a lot of different ventures too. Like, um, what's what's the average? What's the average um, week, average day kind of This going to blow your mind. Because I told someone the other day and they're like, what the hell? But I actually did. Uh, DJ and a master duo. Ooh. So I travel a lot. It's like I'm, I, last year I went to Taiwan, Singapore, New Zealand. Goodness gracious. Um, plus every other state, like three, four times. Wow. So I'm constantly doing that on the weekends. Right. kind of in and out. Like, so I'll be like fly out on Friday, back on Saturday afternoon. So um, I that kind of gives me that ability to be able to get that in like micro doses. Yeah. But I'm not doing like the bigger ones I used to do. So now that I've got kids and stuff, um, I can't go for five weeks yeah. to and like drive through there or whatever. So, um, but in saying that, man, like my motivation for, I don't have a lot of toys and stuff. Um, like my family, like kind of, they go first. Yeah. And then for me, it's like, I'm not into fancy shit. So everyone's always like, oh, why don't you get fancy stuff? It's just like, not for me. For me, it's holidays. Like I'm, mm. I always want to buy an experience. Yeah. 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 So I'd say if I'm saving up money for something, it's because I want to like go, I, I want to go on a tour. I want to do something wild. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd say I want to spend money. Like I went to Vanuatu last year. So it's like, that's how I'll save Spend my money on on a, a trip, mm. and then I'll come back and I'll I'll miss out on things because I want to do that. So yeah, that's yeah. I literally work for I work for experience, and then I work for money for experiences. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like if mm. I could sell my car and to go do go to Europe or some shit like that for six weeks, I'd do it straight away. Yeah, yeah. I'd walk, catch a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I love I love I love going away. Like, yeah. yeah, you look like one of those guys who just loves life. Yeah. I, like you know you were saying they, they're split up into three like with the club owners it's the guys that want money the guys that want status and the guys that want that love music yeah you're clearly the guy that loves music I just love music yeah 100% yeah. I just love life like like you said like in a sense don't get me wrong I still have my down days yeah. of course. Like, yeah, I, wish, of course. I wish I was happy every day yeah. and I gotta do like when you're at my level you do have to do hard stuff and uncomfortable stuff a lot yeah. but I do when I've got free time I wanna be doing loving whatever I do and I can't do shit I don't love so like I, I've walked away from things that I don't like, mm. even though I'm making money from them, because I it's not making it's me happy. Yeah. yeah, and I just it's just not the way I am. It's like if I don't love it, I'm not fully invested, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah, is yeah. there any deal that you walked away from and that you sort of you regret? I kind of regret that couple. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have one um uh, was again and probably goes back to me being too passionate, but it's a. Thing called Lucky uh, Artists of Lucky Agency. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, the, so they're huge. They're probably oh, like one so. of the biggest, um, especially electronic dance music agencies in the world. Oh, wow. So, my, oh, not world, Jesus Christ, that's an exaggeration. Sure. In Australia. Um, they're myself and the, the guy who runs it is a guy called Luke. And we were going to do that together. Mm. And it was called Say What. And then I had my artist, but at the time he had no artists. And I was just wanting the best from my artist. And at the time, there was another brand called Concrete. And they sort of approached me at the same time. And they were like, um, do you want to bring you guys over here? But they were big. Like, so they were, mm. I thought it was like the smarter and safer move for them, mm. not right. me. 
And then there was a few things where he was like, oh, I want to work with this guy, this guy. And I was like, no, nah, because I was too passionate. And at the time, I guess, stubborn. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 they can't be a part of it. They can't be a part of it. And then I was like, well, I've seen eye to eye, man. So I'm going to go do this thing over here. And then we decided to split off. And then that dude now is absolutely mauled out. And we're still friends. We still work together too. Mm. But I was like, in hindsight, <laughs> that was a really good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done it a few times, but it's always been like um, – not wanting to rock the boat or like mm. because I'm trying to help benefit someone else. Yeah. Mm. I listen to the ego thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Partly. Probably could have done that trip to Europe if I had stayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not so much for yourself. It's more for someone else. You, you know, you're trying to look after this artist. Yeah. Uh, at that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, that, I'll, yeah. but it was still being stubborn because I was like, you know, if you're not going to follow what I think is gonna <laughs> the best, the best yeah. what I'm passionate about, then we're not going to work. So it was mm. still me too. Like he, he was like, Sort of stood his ground and I yeah. kind of moved on, but he's what it is. And then there's just other ones where there were opportunities, and I just decided to take another. Like, I, well, there was one another one, it was like an event that was probably one of the most profitable club nights ever in Melbourne's history, or one of at least. And I decided the two weeks beforehand not to do it, and it was just because I didn't want to piss off where I was already working because I liked mm. it. So things like that, but like, it is what it is. It is te- but in saying that, Without those two intersections and that decision and that decision, yeah. it doesn't the take other ones really. don't yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, and I again, like sense of belief. Like I'd always be like, every time they'd miss, man. Like, and this is maybe a good way for people to think, but I'd be like, fuck. Of course, this would be a sick um, opportunity, and like maybe I lost money and did whatever. But I've always believed that my time's coming. Yeah, I was always like, it's gonna, it's gonna come. Like it's gonna come. Like because I was watching all my mates become that I worked with, like become millionaires effectively, and I'd sort of grinded and done really, really well. Like I was basically. In a similar position to them, but like I had to do the hard way. Mm. But I was always like, my big moment's coming. My mm. big moment's coming. And then I guess with the alcohol stuff, that's when it really was. Like we're mm. national around the world and it's huge now. So, And of course, you know, with the regrets, obviously you've, you've made some right decisions in terms of like mm. selling your club at the right time. True. Right. Was that just a feeling or was it a research? Like how do you go about making those kind of decisions, the right decisions? I, I go off gut apes. Like I'm a big believer like guts are like a built up collection of like yeah, experience. experience yeah. So it's like when your gut goes, I'm like, this is, it's telling you. There's a reason. It's subconsciously yeah. saying the last 10 years you've done this thing, your gut is saying that this is going to be good, bad, <laughs> ugly, whatever. You probably yeah. should trust it. So I really do trust my gut a lot. Um, and sometimes it does work out. Have you ever made a good decision? Like, I, I think I need to go to the doctor. Sometimes it's just pretty, just pretty pointing, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess it's Guts got bowel movements, Should've bro. just farted, bro. Should've just farted. <laughs> <laughs> Should've uh, ate that bum meat. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, of course. Like, of but course, yeah. it's, I don't know, as you kind of get older, you, 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 just, you start to trust yeah, it more and more. Yeah. Like, so it works better. Like, even with people, yeah, like uh, you meet someone, you're like, uh, I don't like that guy's vibe, yeah. And, like, yeah. and then you kind of find out later that this happens. But I'd yeah. say it starts to become more and more right. Okay. To the point where it's like, if you ignore it, then... You're sort of doing yourself a Fooling yourself yeah. yeah you're doing yourself injustice And that, that's the thing man With gut Like this is it's the thing So people get scared of risk right So that's like everybody Like everybody could do what I do Like that's They just think they can't Because they're not willing to take the risk Because everything's comfy And cruisy and whatever But it's like Once you get over that risk And take that You start to trust your gut Then it's like I've not really seen people Fall backwards And like mm. In Australia especially dude Like what's the worst case You go get a job in a factory and get paid three grand a week. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's the worst? And people are like, yeah, I know, but I've got a cushy job, got this. Yeah. It's like, there's a million other jobs out there. Like, yeah. I, it's beyond me how people don't want to take that risk, in a sense. Like, because we're in such a great country. Like, Australia's awesome um, at, for A, opportunity, but B, like, as a landing ground. It's not like where you start up a business and you go broke and you can never build up again. Like, mm. you can come here 
as an immigrant and in five years' time be a millionaire. And like, how many countries can you do that? There's not many, I would say. Or even if you you could try, and then you could become semi broke <laughs> and then be a millionaire again. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a really is a land of opportunity in a yeah. sense. Understand if you, if you want to put the effort and the reward in. Absolutely, yeah. 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 That, it's a massive privilege to live in a place where it's like and safe where you can have options. Yeah, totally. that in itself is very very insane. I met literally last week this girl randomly. Uh, it was the, the way it all happened it made no sense. It was the Tuesday when we had the massive like storm here and like trees are falling down, powers out, whatever. So I worked from home that day and then I was meant to go do a shoot in the city um, for someone's like brand. It's like, oh, I'll just catch a train in after work. So I get to the station and I'm checking the schedule. No, nothing's coming. And then uh, there's like three randoms there just standing and they're like, oh, you're off to the city? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, delays for an hour. And I was like, wait. In my, you know, your head starts spinning. Like, what the heck? One hour? One hour. Like, work is only eight. Bro, I'm like, what do I do right now, man? Anyways, they're like, yo, we're catching an Uber to Caulfield. Do you want to jump in? I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we jumped in. Anyways, there's a girl, the girl that's next to me and then another random, another random. She just came from... Wales, I think it was, yeah. She just came from Wales and she'd been working and grinding in whatever her space and field was, right? She's come here and been here maybe, I think she said it was three weeks or something like that, or either three weeks or three months. And she's like, the opportunities that we have here just blew her mind completely. Like she's got family here, which is another nice little safety cushion to have. But then she says she came here and realized like, people really can can grind out in whatever kind of space or avenue it is that you want to like make a living or a name or a position for yourself in like it's it's i don't know what it is that we like, that, that creates that here we're not a perfect country obviously but I, I don't know what it is that we have that really presents that so much opportunity because i'm like wouldn't that be the same in this I, country or that well, country like what a, is it it's that goes back to what i said it's like cushion right so you can grind and grind and grind and yeah. grind and grind and grind and grind and like the worst case scenario is still you can eat yeah, like, whereas if you're in a country where it's like you can grind and grind and grind and grind and then the worst case scenario is like death you're or like, done, you know, yeah. like or yeah. you're homeless. It's like, oh, we yeah. have that cushion. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I want to be a creative. I'm going to have a crack at this. I'm going to become a photographer, a videographer. Mm. And it's like, I can try, 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 try. And then you can probably make a little bit enough of an income. You work part-time mm. job, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can slowly leak out of it. And it's like, you've got, it's, there's a, a full pad. Whereas I don't think some countries have that. That's where I think it's probably different. And I agree, we're not definitely not a perfect country, but um, it's a good place to sort of, I guess, be able to do that. But in saying that, we don't have enough people, so it's also really difficult yeah. to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've realised that so much more over the past couple of weeks. We got, we've got no one here. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have quite nobody here. And when we think that we're like, that we're killing it in this, it's like, we haven't yeah. even made noise yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> we haven't even touched yeah. the surface. And that's why what goes back to that full circle when you talk about those rap artists. They're like, we've got 26 million. They're like, we're dotting the ocean in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's the reality. But at the same time, because we're so far away, it's so safe. Because even if war erupted- I always think that, man. <laughs> they've yeah. got to get through the whole world before they get to us. Like, yeah. Tasmania- we've, we've got time to plan. Tasmania's <laughs> even better. <laughs> they're even better off. Like, we're not even problematic enough to be worth reaching. Yeah, yeah I reckon like, They get through true. the whole world and they're like, ah, whatever. Uh, we're good. <laughs> They'll start off at Perth and make their way down here. We'll be good. We'll be good, man. That's mad. I Jeez. do have a question. How do you guys feel about people who gatekeep okay. information, especially in the industry that you're in, that we're in? You know, a lot of creatives, business owners, people just doing stuff, right? Mm. 
yeah, how do you guys just feel about people that just gatekeep certain type of information or, you know, aren't very um, open in regards to, oh, I found this door and walked through it and this is the opportunity I got, come through and walk through it as well. Mm. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's a uniquely Australian thing. So, like, right. I, sp- I work with a lot of dudes from uh, America and stuff and they don't do it. So, and I think it goes back to what we just said, it's the population. Mm. So, here everyone's sort of like, that's even though I just talked about how much uh, opportunity we have, at the same time, you're like, well, there's only a small amount of people that can be dominant in that space okay. because it's a small population. So yeah. people can be protective of of how they they got there. Whereas in America, when you're talking literally another zero at the end, mm. it, everyone can come along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's not that as much sense. information for it. But I think that um, it's at the same time, it's like it, it's, it is a bit right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You, it really. Do you guys think like someone who gatekeeps has a mentality of like this is going to end even for me like it's going to end so i want to last as long as i can i think it's too poppy like they don't want they don't want people to be able to follow their their footsteps yeah, yeah. yeah they wouldn't be the only one i was gonna say because yeah there's plenty of opportunities they're not as established yet sometimes as well so it's like you kind of especially when you're breaking into it's something you want not necessarily a few but like you want to take it all like you want to monopolize you know what i mean like right. you want to really maximize and establish yeah because because also a lot of the places and spheres that people are getting involved in. It's like, you're the pioneer in it sometimes as well. Like you're one of the first few people to try something out or whatnot. Like, so with the opportunities that come your way, like fam, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. And personally, it's funny you ask this because I was reflecting about this like two days ago. I was like, I personally think that I've been able to, like I've offered my services and advice and just done things out of like one, the love of the game, but then also because I'm like, it, it doesn't com- harm me. It doesn't harm me. Like, yeah. I know what I'm trying to get at. I know what yeah. I'm trying to get to. And, like, if I can put you on game, I'll give you this free game. I think Carlos is someone, you two, like, he's really good at, like, saying, yo, oh, I actually have this person in my phone, like, on my contacts, or um, I was talking to this person, or here's this advice. Like, you realize that it, it comes back. It ultimately comes back to you at the end of the day. Like, mm. we're, we're seeing that right now with things that we're trying to do. Like, people always try to invest back into you. But I think for the people that don't, like, they're just like, I want it all. Like, not even because they think that there's a fear, but like, hey, man, I'm new here. <laughs> let me just... Let me see what I can do. Let me see what first. I can do with this. And let or me just it, take it all. could it be simply, like, I worked hard to get this certain type yeah. of information. Yeah, man. You should do the same as well. You need to go and, you know, seek that information for yourself. I think... But I think is it... Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry. Back to like, let's say the whole email list for Taylor Swift, yeah? Mm. It's not gatekeeping if I don't give you the 300,000 emails. Yeah. But it's, ga- exactly. But it's gatekeeping if I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how you can find yes. emails for yourself. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't need to give you what's what I've worked for. Mm. But this is the game that I'm playing, by the way. And you can also you can play it. it too, and this yeah, is how you yeah. can play it. But play it yourself and see how you go. Yeah. This is like another spectrum yeah, of that. But it's like, I definitely don't gatekeep. So like, mm. I, if someone wants, I've got this massive saying where it's like, favor's worth more than a dollar. Mm. So if I give you a buck or 10 bucks, you'll mm. give me back the 10 bucks, but that's it. Yeah. Whereas if I do you a favor, then I can ask you upon another that's favor. True. And that favor could be better and more beneficial for me. Like incrementally, yeah. you start sure. getting yeah, yeah, a better yeah. favor. <laughs> but I'm all, I always say to everyone that works for me, I'm like, dude, if someone asks you to do something or give them a contact, mm-hmm. a favor is better than a favor because mm-hmm. you can always call it three years later. And that guy's never going to say no because yeah, you did yeah, something yeah, for yeah. But at the same time, as a business guy at the level I am, sometimes <laughs> I have to gatekeep for leverage. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm doing a deal and I'm like, I'll give you access to this, but 
it's going to cost you this, but yeah. that's a business deal. So I guess it's a little bit different, different when you do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, you know, I will give you this contact, but it's going to cost you, be it a favor, be it a dollar amount, mm. whatever. Sometimes I have to do it. But when you're doing it on the ground up, like when someone's yeah. trying to break it, mm. like giving someone like a photographer a go or helping them out or, or putting them onto someone who needs someone, it's like, I just think that's common courtesy if you yeah, work in this space, a creative space especially. For sure, man. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys that get jealous, dude. Like they'll, yeah. everyone does everything differently and there's people like, oh, that guy's, they're always angry. And I think it just comes back to there's not enough spots. Mm. So like, that's, all, that's how people feel, I should say. Mm. Mm. What do you think of, because I hear this one pretty often, like events that don't want to share their DJs with other events running by other people. I did that when I was younger. <laughs> I don't. I, I stopped doing it, but yeah. I did do it. And the reason why was because I was like, I wanted to own the monopoly. So it goes back to what you're saying. Yeah. So I used to have like six of them, and they were the most popular. Yeah, yeah and man. I would um, I would let them go because I didn't want them to like lack opportunity. Yeah. But at the same time, I would only let two. Like that, two could be at that right. event. Two could be at that event. Two could be at the event. And again, it was because I wanted to control the market, manipulate the market. Mm. But I've grown up since then. I don't want to. Do that. <laughs> yeah. so, but people, people do do it a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it's for just straight up greed. Yeah. Um, other times it's because they've got a bigger picture and plan like the yeah, yeah. community or whatever yeah. Um, but yes that's that. I find I get really disgruntled with that like when people are like oh you can't play that gig or you can't do this I'm like you're stopping that kid like yeah. that's, not, money, yeah. that's not like that guy's making 25 days <laughs> like, like you're stopping him from getting an opportunity <laughs> so but yeah. that's where um, it's different when I'm fighting for an artist and I'm yeah. like I'll literally fight against other promoters for it and then I win. I'm like, yes. And you're trying to out-trick and out-smart yeah. each other because yeah. we're all in on that game, right? So that's the game. And then mm. you win, next time he wins, whatever. Yeah. But when you're doing it with up-and-comers, it's like you're just stunting people's growth. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. All right. Right now, you lose everything. God forbid. But you lose everything. You've got to start from scratch. Right? What's, What's the, the business that you're like, this is the one worth going into? E-commerce. Oh. Right. Yeah. What's, what, yeah, any specific product? Or? You can figure out what you can do. Like, it's like, we can make up anything right now, but it's like, okay, cool. We're going to grow seedlings and grow indoor plants. We're going to make a... Hey, take notes, someone. Yeah, here <laughs> <it is. laughs> You're going to figure out a way to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to find a community on Facebook and yeah. we're going to start We're going to start a community on Facebook and then we're going to get emails. We're going to build whatever. It's like, there's no ceiling on e-com. Mm. Mm. You can sell... Plants are probably a bad one because you can't send them overseas. But <laughs> there's... you. I will, if you're gonna, if I'm going to start something again... It's something that it doesn't have a ceiling. Yeah. So it can just continue to grow and grow because yeah. if you all got a club, you still got to put the same amount of effort into it as a $20 million business. Yeah. But it can only ever make three because you can only fit 900 people in it. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm capped. starting from scratch yeah. again. I'm starting from something that has no ceiling. And yeah. in my opinion, e-commerce is, is that space. Mm-hmm. Talking all these nice big numbers in that now, right? What is the conversation that happens with you, like you and your rich friends, right? Like we have our regular... Tuesday evening converse. Like, you know, <laughs> like Sunday, yesterday, we're at brunch. And one guy goes, Hey, man, how do I get more of my tax return? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hurting me. And we're talking like, you know, we just want to get a couple hundred dollars back on your tax. Like, what, what is. Th- what is the normal, typical <laughs> conversation around you and people that literally have access to things that some people just won't ever see, kind of thing? To be honest, man, it's the same as what you guys are probably talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we're sort of sitting around, like, always talking about big dreams, big goals, yeah. big whatever. It's like, and that's, I know they talk about that, like, Net worth is your network sort of thing, but it's the truth. So yeah. I was recently in Ely Beach, and it's a story that I tell a lot, but I was with a friend of mine who's worth, uh, he's a multi-multi-millionaire, and um, we were sort of eating lunch on this beach, whatever. The other, all the guys I was with were uh, multi-multi-millionaires, and um, we're eating like prawns and oysters and shit, doing rich people shit, and, <laughs> 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 and, 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 and like overlooking the ocean. 
And then we were like, we'll go look at these yachts. So there's obviously different levels of rich, right? Mm. Yeah. So we're, we went to, for a walk and we're looking at all these massive yachts. And I'm like, man, look at that one. Look at that one. And my mate's Googling that. So he's like, oh, that one's 10 million. That's 12 million. And I was like, um, I was like, dude, imagine that. Like, dude, what do you mean imagine that? Like, he's like, look where we come from here to now. Yeah. He's like, Stop thinking that you can't do that. He's like, yeah. We're going to yeah. do this. You're going to like, do it. Used to, yeah. And he was talking about Adrian. He's like, I've seen Adrian go from this to this in mm. three years. He's mm. like, dude, three years ago, I was living in Patterson Lakes in a share house with my mate. Yeah. Now I just bought a $7 million house. He's wow. like, you got to stop these boundaries, bro. So like, they're the conversations we have. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I still hang around a lot of my high school mates. I'm like, Die hard loyal. Yeah. So, <clears throat> my primary school kindergarten friends, everyone I still hang out wow. with. Like, kindergarten. Me, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a leech. Like, if, I, if, we're, if we're become friends, it's like you're never leaving me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like it because it's like, I, I know those guys, like, they're kind of reality checkers. So they don't give a shit what I do. Yeah. Mm. Like, even on the weekend, they'll give me shit about it. And they're like, someone was like, oh, I've seen that guy on TikTok, whatever. They're like, yeah, he thinks he's a massive TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, he thinks he's a big deal, but they rag on me, but they love me for me because I don't know who I am. And mm. even with my wife, I was like literally basically homeless when I met her. So yeah. it's like, I love that. I pay back that loyalty to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I hang around those guys that I work with, which is sort of my day-to-day network, they just talk big dreams. And I yeah. see it differently with between my friends that I grew up with to them. So when they do see it, they're always like, dude, I feel so inspired. Like, do you yeah. guys talk like that every day? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And like every single day we're like, wow. you know, I want to do this. It's like, I'm thinking about this. And it's like, I could say crazy shit, bro. And I actually do say this. So it, it is crazy. Like, what's her plan in the next 10 years? I'm like, I want to win an Oscar. I've never made a movie. <laughs> and, that, and these dudes are like, yeah, I can see that. Like, so it's like, and even when I started this whole thing with um, the TikTok shit, it was like the opposite. I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. What do you guys reckon? They're like, yeah, you kill it. It's just like, it's the, that's how it is. Yeah. Talk. And it's just that positive energy of like, but I guess when you see people do it, you sort of, yeah, yeah, you get sucked yeah, up into it. It's a little it. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. becomes achievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No but even, yeah. even at that level, like guys who are multimillionaires, like, well, you know, I'm never going to be like a billionaire. Like, I'm never going to be whatever. <laughs> and then they sort of start seeing people doing like, you know, maybe that could be me. Yeah. And like, yeah. so it's, it's a weird thing because you always want it more. So even there's never a guy, I don't know anyone that I hang around with who's like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what I got. Mm. Like they always want to do yeah. more and take more risk. Yeah. Mm. And that and it's it's relatable and scalable. Like in every kind of wherever level you're at, like people need to realize that yeah, there is a more and like the more the feeling, you know, like yeah, you're saying like oh, I'll never be able to, there'll be millionaires. I'll say oh, I can't. I'll never be able to be a, a billionaire. And that and that's their gripe. <laughs> but like that's the same gripe of like someone that is like, oh, I'll never be able to join that footy club or something. But the the feeling is the same. But where it's the energy or wherever it's been put into is, is very different like scales of it but at the core it still comes from the same, same place of like oh I can't get that I can't do that but everyone should kind of realize that yeah you can ascribe or try yeah. to like push that's this what I was about to, to say else. then so I was like you, if you, when you think you put a wall there so it's like I can't own that yacht so therefore it's like well there's no point trying yeah. whereas like when you bring that wall up you're like well maybe I could own that 10 million dollar yacht then you sort of start to think about how you can do it mm. yeah, so mm. I always like I've got this like saying which I love saying now it's like my new catchphrase but it's like make unrealistic goals with realistic steps. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if I want to own a um, $10 million yacht in 10 years, it's like, okay, well, what's step one? You know, mm-hmm. Step one is that I need to come up with a company that's got no cap so I can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and facts. Then, and so you start to do it and it's like, well, even if you get to six step, six, oh, sorry, if you even if you get to step six, you're still way further than you were yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So you can't lose if you're doing that model. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I do it myself, bro. Like that was only, not even a year ago, it was like six months ago. And like, I was like, he's right. Like, why can't I? 
own a $10 million yacht. Like, do I want one? Probably not because I'm not that fancy. I'm more likely to buy a block of land and like, isolate myself. Yeah, but it's like, if you want one, like, go for it. Yeah. It's like aim for the stars, land on the moon kind of vibe. Yeah, totally, you're going to be better off regardless kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, but for me, it would be, it's, and the other thing that's kind of funny is that everyone's always like, well, how are you so motivated? You work so many hours, rah, rah. I'm like, laziness is actually my motivator. Mm. And it sounds so weird, but it's like, I work so hard because I don't want to work so hard forever. Yeah. And it's like, by default, I'm yeah. chasing this. Amen, bro. I'm like, you know, I'm going to work 15, 16 hours a day and I'm going to do this and this and this because by the time I'm 40, I want to retire. And then I'm going to get to 40 and I'm like, okay, I've done more hours than everybody else, but it just kind of continues on. Mm. But the mentality actually is for a want to do less. Does that make mm. sense? So um, I always kind of say that and it's like, a, I'm like, don't look at me like I'm some superhuman because I do, I'm, I never stop. It's like, I'm actually never stopping because I think that I've trying to find, I'm trying to find a shortcut. That makes sense. Yeah. What do you think Danny at 50 is is like? Uh, hopefully crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I like have no intention of, of conforming. So mm. like for me, I don't care if I'm rich, broke or whatever, but I just don't want to be um, a normal 50-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to have the world's craziest stories. I've got a saying what I say like, um, I'm writing the world's craziest book that no one's going to read, Yang. <laughs> and um, I, I want to still be dressing differently than people my age. I yeah. still want to be living as far as I can. And yeah. now as I've gotten older, like um, I've always sort of exercised and trained, but I really care about my movement. Mm. So I'm like constantly now, I go to the gym not to get big, but it's like to, so I can move more. So you can yeah. live yeah. So better. Yeah, yeah, so I want to be able to like have a better quality of life. And it's yeah. something that's never really gone through my head. Yeah. But yeah. now I'm like, all right, well, because I, I want to be able to, when I'm 60, I want to be able to still snowboard. I still mm. want to be able to do this. So mm-hmm. there are things going through my head, but... Uh, at 50, I want to be the wildest person at the party that everyone knows. Not crazy, this isn't drinking wise, but like best stories, best, best life, yeah. energy, best vibe. And your wife just wants to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> She's supposed to watch Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's hilarious, man. Even, even when you're talking about like the grinding and all that kind of stuff, I remember there was a day this guy picked me up or something and um. Like, I just put up in the car, and I think the first thing I said to him was like, bro, we're never going to be millionaires, man. Because <laughs> I think I just finished um, I just finished watching, like, a clip from Diary of a CEO. I forgot who it was, but there was a guy on there, and he's like, the reason I'm... Like, a lot of millionaires, the reason they get to those points is because they obsess over a certain thing, and they continue to ha- yeah, and hack away at that. I was like, dude, we're not obsessed on... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we're not obsessed on anything, man. I was like, we're, I was like, we're not going to do it. We like stuff. Are we obsessed? No, yeah, we're not going to do it, man. I was like... Going on, man. You just gotta find it, man. Yeah, hundred. And so you just gotta be like, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta honestly, um, be unrealistic and like believe in yourself to a point that's like, like I even now I say it sounds sounds crazy. Hopefully no one locks me back up in the mental institution, (laughs) but I'll be like legit say like some to my wife I'll be like sometimes I feel like I can just make things happen by thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah, like, and I think that's the energy that I have because in my head I'm like I've done things that people would deem impossible, and now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, well, if I want that, Oscar. I probably can do it. Yeah. Mm. And the fact that I think that I'm like, I probably can do it mm. means that I'm gonna try. And then so I'm one chance closer than the guy who said no. Of course. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Nice. If, if yeah. there's if there's uh, once that is yeah. nice. I'm one chance closer than the guy that said no. Yeah, yeah, literally. Damn, he's driving bars today. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, if there's one stat about your life, this goes to everyone that you wanna know, what would it be? So for example, it could be the total number of books that you've read mm. since you're a child up until now. It could be the number, um, how much money you've made since you started working, like or it could the be stat? the total number of your relationships you've made. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. That number, what, what, would, what that would that be? What, be? what category, or, or, yeah, what, what is Far that? Out. That's a sick question. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. actually mad. I'm trying to think uh, like, right now. Yeah, yeah um, for me, it will probably be like the amount of people that have come to my events. Like, cause like, oh. I'd love to like, I see it all the time where I like, even again, the wedding I was at the weekend yeah. and I didn't even know, but they're like, talking about the bride and groom. He's like, you know, we met, um, right. we met at Danny's club. And it's like, that's like one of five of my friends who met at my clubs. 
And like more probably. Like I know so many people who met at my yeah, nights yeah. and now they're married, they've got kids, whatever. I would love to like see that pattern of like how many people actually came to my event, be it like mm. 50, 60,000 and like what impact that eventually had on their life. Man. And so more wild than just the music, you know, like did they become a musician because of it? Mm. Did they meet a girl? Mm. Did they meet a best friend? Like I would love to... I would love to like, I guess, have like a book where it's like these are their these are their lives. That's yeah, madness. Man, that's a, I yeah, imagine you just look awesome. at that number, you're like, wow, that's how many yeah. people came to my yeah yeah. That's Damn, wild. That's, that's far out. Like, that's a <coughs> that's, that's a, a question. that's a question, <laughs> man. It is. Oh, that's tough, man. Yo, no, no. I didn't want to do money, but because. I've always had this problem. I'm a procrastinator, so I always put things off. I'm working on it though, and mm. I'm getting better. And we thank month. the Lord, I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, but for me, it would be the money that I've missed out on because of right. my procrastination. Ooh. Yeah, Sheesh. because I procrastinated, I missed opportunities, or I didn't, you know, get on top of things. Okay. Yeah. What I missed out on, so. And I feel like it's, it would be a very Scary sad number. thing. Scary <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you want to see that. Bro. I feel like it would be a very, very That's sad a mad thing answer to look at. That, that could be a couple of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. That's so mad on that. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. I, I generally can't think of an answer for that one there, man. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm stumped, bro. Carlos. I'd want to know the number of people that I've like made laugh or made happy uh, because yeah. I was being myself. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Because mm. like, it came from a conversation this week where I was like, a friend was saying like, oh, I want to be, um, like, I'll never be that person that's mysterious. You know, like, there's this obsession nowadays on social media. It's like, oh, I want to be mysterious. I want to be quiet. I want to stop posting. No one knows what you're about. Kind I of thing. can't help it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm opinionated. <laughs> so I put my opinions out there. Yeah. But people interact with it, right? And people, people love whatever, it, yeah. and people laugh. And then when I'm in, around people, like, I'm never the guy that's quiet in the room. Whatever. Like, people will know what I'm thinking or not. And it's like, the amount of times I've afterwards left and be like, man, why do I talk so much? <laughs> but then I like, so I would love to know how many people were like, despite the fact that sometimes I'm like, why am I so loud? Why mm -hmm. am I so whatever? They were like actually happy because I was. I'd be like, that would make me feel good. Over a million for sure. Yeah. At least on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least on TikTok. Big boy now. <laughs> that is a good one. You're the last one. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah nah, I got nothing for you, man. <laughs> I got nothing for you, Brisk. Like, I want to know, like, I know it's very vague, but it's a bit of the impact. Mm. Uh, but impact could be like, he said this and made me think about this, and so now way. I'm doing this this way yeah. because of what he mentioned as well. Or it could be in terms of like, you know, networking as well. You wanted this, so I made that connection, so now something happened a Positive effect. Because of yeah. that. The yeah. other day, um, I was at David Jones, and then this... This girl that used to be so young, now she comes up to me like, hey, Carlos. And I'm like, who, who are you? Uh, but it turns out she was from camp. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we did this camp like seven years ago. Um, and, oh, and, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were facilitating the camp. You know, though, you know, these young Africans that were there. Um, and, and, you know, and yeah, they, they loved it, you know, inspiring or whatever. And then, and then when I pulled up to David, she was working. She's like, wow. You know, and then she just sort of started talking about life, what's happening, Madness. and all that stuff. I was like, wow, that, that camp was amazing. I was like, wow, that actually really left an impact on yeah. you. Because for me, I clearly didn't know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But after you start talking, I was like, oh, now I know. Yeah. So it made me sort of think about the question. I was like, yeah, imagine how many, uh, now I'm sort of curious in terms of like, yeah. we never know, yeah. to be honest. Because sometimes people don't actually come around to say anything, which is, sure. you don't expect them to. Yeah. But the, that sort of stays within them, right? They go, it's like, yeah, that person, Made a difference. Uh, how many yeah. sons and daughters you got out here? Kind of vibe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask something like that, but I'm like it's corny, but yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. a bit. That was fun. 
That was my yeah. answer. On this thing, we've asked this question on ourselves before. I feel like you would have a good answer for this. How much would you pay for a, like, a recording of all the best memories of your life? Like from school, like all those laughs, whatever, the punch-ons every week <laughs> to the f- fornicated to whatever, like just having full footage of all the best moments. I don't know, man. That's a good question, eh? Like I, I think they live in my head already, you know? And so- <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, but I, like I run through them all the time. Like I'm like very emotionally, even as we talked mm. this time, I've had multiple times of like goosebumps. Mm. So for me, it's like, I kind of get to sit there sometimes and relive them anyway. So mm. I guess I already have spent that money. Yeah, that, that's the losses that I've had. Yeah. It's the money that I've spent on things that experience or whatever. It's like, how much money have I spent? I probably have spent million dollars already yeah. to create those running yeah. movies yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. i've got that video it's already in my head yeah but it's like i might not be able to watch it right now but i can't ever close my eyes and think about yeah. it mm. yeah i can think about that the feeling it gave me and all that sort of stuff for sure that's mad that awesome. do you like do you have any beliefs or like faith is, is that played a part in your life at any point even growing up as well like was there any position or i mean i, I know you've done a event i think was it i think you put it something in the chat about a was there a rave in oh the rave in a church yeah, yeah. Okay. so i mean first of all can you get it and can you say which church it was because i have an inkling but uh it was one next to berkshire Koya, but i don't know what it's called yeah um yeah effectively we paid the money and we did like a rave in a church <laughs> and they let you do this in the garden yeah unheard of successful event yeah, well, so ba- effectively we closed down Berkshire. So yeah. kind of like helped us, but wow. we closed down Berkshire and ran this event. It was like a techno event. And then um, they, at that time, that guy who, remember how he mowed those people down in Berkshire? Mm. Oh, yes, 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 So he had done that and they wanted us to add water barriers and it was going to cost us like 30K. And we're like, we can't afford this. Like we yeah. haven't sold, like I think we'd sold 700 tickets, but Mike, this is going to take like, gonna, all that Yeah, profit. of course. Yeah. Like, what's the other option? And then my mate went and asked the church. And then they were like, yeah, you can do it in here. So we just moved the stage into the <laughs> church courtyard and uh, ran this event. Look at the but church, man. Always helping people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think their thought process. I'm pretty sure they ran a barbecue too. Oh, wow. Mad, mad. <laughs> um, but we, when in regards to like faith, I guess, I don't know, man. Like, I, um, I, my family's not religious in the slightest. Mm. Um, growing up, I definitely sort of had questions and, and um, unanswered stuff. Uh, I kind of probably have gone, like I actually have read a lot of stuff about religion and whatnot. Mm. Um, and there's never been something that's like really grabbed me. Like mm. where, and I think it's maybe because I, I struggle a little bit, which might sound wild. And I know it's the other way around for others, but I'm always like, well, and maybe I'll get there one day. But where I sit now, it's like, well, what do I have to go through all this shit? Mm. If there was a guy yeah, out there, but maybe, maybe there's a different way of doing it, whatever. But at the same time, I... I relate more to like those cultures where it's like, you know, take care of the trees because the trees give back life. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. or um, take care of the grounds. So it's sort of like those like effectively like Aboriginal um, culture or even like Pacific Islanders or um, uh, South Americans where they're like, you know, this water, we've got to keep it clean because it gives us life. Like, and I don't know what the term for that is, but I really, I think that that's a great way to mm. live all ethics. And then what happens when you pass away? I don't know. Like, I don't think you just disappear. I don't think that's the case, but I and I've spent hours and hours mm. thinking about it. Mm. But um, I don't necessarily think it's we go to a place. Um, I'd probably be more likely to think of reincarnation would be likely, but at the same time, it's like I guess it's the thought of never knowing. Right? No one's but ever been there and thought about. It. Yeah, I'm because I'm just looking at all even the experiences you've had and yeah. the outlooks you've got and the principles that you have, and I'm like, I can see a lot of those in the same way that I live my life from a faith perspective yeah. as well. Like as a Christian, yeah. I'm like. 
it's so mad the way that those kind of things line up and and just the way that you start to i mean you're talking about um you know just the principles applied to life yeah but even like how yeah using your story to to to, to pull and it's like we talk about how like there's a power in testimonies you know what i mean it's like I'm just looking at them like, oh, I wonder if there, if growing up there was any kind of, you know, dropping like, it's what, weird what, like how, I, what happens here. I sort of, I, when I've like looked in stuff, it's like, it's a weird thing. It's like, I don't like AFL, right? And this is such a weird experience. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. Talk <laughs> to me. Um, and I just don't understand it. Like when I watch it, like the idea of team sport, which is wild. Like I love like one-on-one sport. Yeah. Team sport, I'm like, if you have a bad day, you can still win. Like that to me yeah. is not competitive, right? So I just don't like it. But when my mates are like, yeah, it's footy season's on or whatever, like be it any sport, soccer, whatever. I actually am like, wow, I wish I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yes, Friday night's going to be sick because I'm going to watch these random mm. guys run around. <laughs> so that's like me with religion too. Yeah. Like I see you guys and I've obviously, again, I've hung around with like, I've lived in multicultural areas. Like mm. Mary Warren, for example. Like, mm. it's So I've seen people in their faith and I like, I watch it blindly, jealously. If that mm. makes sense. So I sort of look at it and I go, what is that? Yeah, I'm like, I, I wish I could relate to it. And I've yeah. tried and read and listened, but there's just, no, so far, mm-hmm. there's been nothing that just plucked me. Yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I think I've just got too many questions on each, all of them. Mm-hmm. I had a mate of mine who was a uh, converted Muslim dude, and he was talking about how they don't have a God, which I don't know if it's true, but this is what I was like, wow. So he's talking about um, if they don't have a God, but he's like, everything is God. So he's like, this table, the way it is, and this corners is God. And he was saying like, you know, plants is God, like everything's God. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah, like that's, that's the closest thing where I was like, okay, like everything is like, effectively god if that makes sense like god's not a person it's like it's it's like a matter and i was like that's probably that's the closest i was like yeah, yeah. i reckon i could i could get around that one but uh, again too like when you kind of grow up where i grew up yeah like there's faith is not really around you and, and like especially caucasian man like what yeah. us they we, we get rid of it pretty quickly like i don't really know any people that i know who are religious yeah um and i'm not sure why i think it's just cultural yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember I saying this guy at like a conference one time. I think it was in Sydney or something. And then I was like, this, this is going to be a weird phrase. But I was like, I love when I see like Bogan white guys that were just there surrendered arms out. I'm like, because you're so far removed from that in your culture and where you've grown up. And I'm like, whatever you've gone through to get you to this point, I'm like, hey, man, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy, <laughs> I'm so happy to see you in whatever moment and state you're in right now. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, there is something in that, in that culture. And they're there. so happy. Like, that's the other one. Yeah. I look at them like, Exactly what you're saying. I'm like, man, I wish I could get that yeah. feeling. And mm-hmm. like, maybe I do someday. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. But um, it's definitely not something that I look down on. Yeah, it's the opposite. Like, I yeah. Do yeah. And I'm like, I would love to be that passionate and that and have that much belief. But That's it's something. sort of in saying that, I have it for myself. Yeah. yeah. So I have that crazy amount of belief that I sort of doubt, which I guess is probably the same as religion, right? Like, sometimes you doubt it, sometimes you, you believe or whatever. 100%. So, um, but yeah, I'm, def- I'm open to it. I just haven't found the right mm-hmm. one. Bro, I'm so happy to hear, like, just even now, just hearing the stories that you're talking about. Because, I mean, you haven't shared how crazy things were in your childhood. You mentioned a bit to me, like, you know, yeah, off air yeah, before. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a that's just mad. Like, the the journey and the, the the progress and just where you're at now with your family now, too. And just where things can continue to get to. It's like, it's honestly, like, very, very inspiring. Mm, inspiring to is. see so. so. And now, even, like, our friends that are under you in terms of, like, mentorship and stuff like that, that, that go to you for advice. I'm like, I see. I see why you know, yeah, why they're constantly that. like talking about, hey man, get this guy on. Yeah, yeah, you you know, need to talk like, to this guy. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy is like when you were saying like, I, I don't like gatekeeping, all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the person that connected us is exactly like, like Ollie. Ollie's exactly yeah. like that as well. Like the amount of times it was just like, oh, why don't you just hit up this person? Oh, what about this person? Then Melbourne, get them on the podcast, blah, blah, blah whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I see it. Like yeah. I see how... And that's why I think like, like attracts like. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, like he's one of multiple, but I'm mm. like, 
okay, you're crazy. Like, you know, the, the way you're thinking. Yeah, oh, you you're know, very bro. crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he, he's like, you know, I want to do, like, Burner Boy. Like, he was, when yeah. I talked that convo, he was yeah. one of the guys putting his hand up. I'm like, bro, you're like 18, you can't. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I look at him and go, I remember being you. Yeah. Like, I remember sitting there going, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And it's like, no, wasn't a good enough answer. Mm. So I needed to, and I didn't have a guy like me. Yeah. So I didn't have a guy yeah. who was sitting down and going, dude, you actually can't because of this, this and this. Yeah. And so yeah. I made those mistakes and it goes back to that whole lesson thing. Guys like Ollie, like I sit with him, I go, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, bro. But like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've made these mistakes. Yeah. If you still want to make them, go for it. But this yeah. is what you think about. Yeah. So I love kind of being able to give back to him. Like I was, just, I was talking to him the other day. He calls me all the time still. Yeah. All those boys do, man. <laughs> we're we're talking that. about like, you get a call from Ollie. Because we went to high school with the guy. Even, it's like, we always... <laughs> we always knew the guy's gonna do something dope and amazing. Never knew what it was gonna look like because he would constantly be trying something yeah, new. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. there was a point in time he was remember when he was doing his snorkels. Yeah. <laughs> At that point I said, hey man, I'm, I hope I hope something pops off because where are you going with this now? But like we always know it's gonna get to somewhere, but you just never even see, like you don't even see it sometimes. Like this is what this person's working on, but you just you just know that they know exactly where they're they trying to get to. Trying, but you get a call from the guy, man. You, as you say before, you you just be a, you know it's a nice one a.m. on a on a Friday or something. Right. Maybe just, a quick check in, maybe five minute call. You're on there for an hour and a half now, thinking, wait, so what did you call me for? Now I'm just you can, you can see where it's come from, like even just honestly being inspired and yeah. being mm. on a song like you, like you you can see those kind of steps, and yeah. we don't even know how many other people like you're saying. And that the, that like those guys, good. especially man, like I guess when they first started, there was like not a lot of people who were willing to sort of sit down and sort of take mm. them serious, mm. man, because like, they were sort of they were creating new boundaries, and I was like, everyone was sort of turning them away, and yeah. then they met me, and I was the opposite. I was like. Come with me. Let's, yeah. let's talk for seven hours in this room. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, this is how you're going to do this. I've seen this before. This yeah. is what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that I could see how much, how passionate they were, yeah, I just yeah. made me want to help them. Mm. And then I wanted to be a part of that journey because I love watching it. It's yeah. Like, so, it, yeah. And like, yeah, he's killing there, man. He's there. They're, they're good, those dudes. All those boys are awesome, rhythm guys. Yeah, yeah. nah, oh, man. That's that's and they did give me back with energy too. It goes vice versa. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, they love me, man. I used to like work on King Street at like 3 a.m. They'd all come down and like hang out with me. <laughs> so they so like literally be like, where, you, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm just here. And they come down and talk to me and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like, you, you look, we're completely, you would say yin and yangs in a sense. Yeah. Yeah? Like we're from different eras, different 100%. backgrounds, different religious beliefs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like I had an impact on their life. Yeah. And I couldn't be more different than them. Yeah, and then in a sense, vice versa, they've had a major impact on my yeah. life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like, I, I love everything they've brought in. And again, it goes back to all the guys I've worked for forever. Mm. It's like, sure. I said before, I'm a culture vulture, but it's like the same thing. Like, I'm getting just as much from yeah. them as they're getting from me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm getting to experience what I remember going through that. And that part was the best bit. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that discovery part when everything's going, like, wild and you're getting these opportunities <laughs> and they're coming and you're watching your friends blow up and mm -hmm. you know, they're doing this and someone's going overseas and whatever. It's like, my stuff's now consolidated. Like, my guys, the guys I'm being around with, majority of them are successful. Yeah. All the ones who haven't, the bad actors are sort of falling off. Yeah, for real. And I've got multiple mates who have blown up. Traveling around the world as artists, that are multimillionaires, billionaires, yeah, like all kinds of shit. And like, there's, we're at that point now, but it's like those dudes are gonna, um, they're gonna get there. Like, guys, you know, right now, it's gonna yeah, happen to you. And sure. Sometimes it's like hard to believe. You're like, but it's like it's gonna happen. And I remember an older guy who was actually, um, an, I don't know, it's a, an African English guy. His name was Eric Powell, and he was like a mentor for me. Right. right. So he was like, I don't even know how old he'd be now. He'd be like 65 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I used to go into his office in the city and sit with him. I remember him telling me what I just said. Yeah, like, yeah. He was like, you know, all these guys are weird. They're going to blow up. And like, right. make sure you take photos, keep your memories. So I don't know if you know, guys know who Carl Cox is, but he's like arguably the biggest 
one of the biggest DJs ever. Mm. And um, he, Eric, was sort of by his side, but he's like, all these dudes, like he was like telling me these guys that I was looking up to. Yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah, we grew up with together. We did this together. We did whatever together. And it's like, that was his story. And he's like, yeah, this is going to happen to you guys. He's like, I've seen it. Big fact. And then wow. now I'm looking back at those guys and others going, this is going to happen to you guys. Mm. So make sure you're like, wow. you, you full enjoy circle it. moment. Yeah. 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 So, and then and it's because you're hanging around people like you guys sitting here. Having a crack, you know, yeah, like, and you're just trying to give value and do something different. And it's like, and shit happens, yeah, because you gave it a go. Yeah, amazing. Fire up, mate! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Nah, that's dope. That's proper dope. Yeah. Nah, I keen to see everything that comes out of your corner as well, man. For sure. Um, in terms of just yeah, what else you, whatever other crazy ideas your wife lets you go, <laughs> <laughs> go and jump into, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'll definitely interesting. I mean, is there anything that like? Um, people can like look forward to that they do have in the works that's mm. different or you know or even just next phase of anything that you're doing right now kind of stuff you know? yeah kind of like I'm just like as you're talking about so I'm doing obviously the alcohol stuff yeah. I'm still my festival I'm doing a lot of music management stuff um, now this TikTok journey which is kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I, I literally downloaded TikTok in January and I, like, oh, I like, wow. even people like man you'll have my FYP I was like What's, What's that? that? <laughs> what you call me? <laughs> I didn't even know how to check comments. I was like, I, I was going through like manually and someone's like, you can just press the comment one. I'm like, oh, okay. It makes so sense. I don't, I'm literally being coached as we speak, but yeah. that's kind of weird and we'll see where that goes. But yeah. other than that, I'm sort of working on um, a docker at the moment. I don't want to go too far on yeah. it with yeah. a guy who's a pretty relatively famous um, uh, doco maker. Mm. Oscar's coming, man. Oh, yeah. Oscar's on the way. Yeah. I'm working that on that coming, with a guy. I'll tell you guys off air because I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm working on that with a guy who's got a really big story. Who's famous Sick, in yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of piecing that together, and that'll be my next kind of big adventure. I, if I can get it off the ground, so fingers crossed. So in yeah. his time, if you, you see this thing, when I tell wow. you, you'll be like, oh, he did that. Yeah. And man. then hopefully that's that's my Oscar journey, bro. Yeah. Like you talk about unrealistic <laughs> yeah. dreams with a step. It's like this is my first step. Yeah, and then it's yeah. like once I do this, and this does well, then. Now, then where does that go? Yeah, and so I'm hopefully I hopefully am in a position where I don't have to um, work as much, and I can sort of just start to work on creative stuff. And yeah. I really want to move back into music and um, like just creative full time. And finally enough, this TikTok thing is sort of almost giving me that oh, avenue. Yeah, like yeah. I'm getting a lot of opportunity coming into me. People want to hear me talk, which is mm. crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I may be in a position where I can create a platform that yeah. I can yeah. actually start to concentrate on it and. and Make some more dreams a reality. Nah, man, that's fine. Oh. Yeah, man, you can't hate that. You can't knock it at all, man. No, man that's seriously, that, yeah, genuinely. Man. And above it all, like, you remain humble. Just from the conversation we've had with you here, you're such a genuine person and just so humble as well. So I applaud you for that. Thank genuinely you. Wait till you turn the mic off and I start yelling and screaming <laughs> <laughs> where's my water yeah. <laughs> nah that was fine man uh, yeah dope, dope we'll keep a lookout for sure man keen, keen for that thank you guys thanks for having me on nah, thank you appreciate it. Appreciate it. truly appreciate it this was, this was a lot of fun I, 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 earlier he goes um, is there anything I should know and I was like oh like we don't really do interview style. We prefer the conversation. But every now and then a guest comes through and I'm like, to be honest, I just want to hear. I, hear. I, just yeah. I think you might be the second or third person where I'm like, I, to be honest, I just want to hear your stories. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interview, but we had fun. Listeners had fun. Thank you for joining us. If you did tune in, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share this one around. Catch you guys next week. Yeah, man. Follow. Follow Danny right there. Right there. Give me yeah, work, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's there, man. It's on screen. It's popping around. I will see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye. Peace. Nice. That was cool, man. Thanks, guys. That was. That was